forgot and Slavic Radio, Season 1, Episode 21, Shit. we are at. All right, man. This is Here Adrian. This is Adrian and Mike. Yeah, hell of a weekend or a week or whatever it's been. Is it a week or a weekend? What Today's a oh, week. It was a crazy weekend, yeah. For me, at least. I don't know about you guys. Everybody had a good Christmas and everything. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this Got a little parched, you know. This this being our last uh, episode of, of the, the season, season, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've Whatever got a means. we've got an action-packed uh, episode in store action for you today. Action-packed episode, lots of stories, lots of uh, lots of uh, conflict, intrigue, and you know, and imagination. Like, oh man, my back hurts though from lying on the couch too much. You do that, you know. You lie there, watch like five. I watched like four or five different versions of a Christmas Carol on YouTube. Did you watch the Muppet There's Christmas Carol? Else. No, I did not watch that. Wait, okay, I was thinking about that. Here we go. It's amazing. Is that wait? Does Michael Caine play the guy play Scrooge in that? Yeah, yeah. He does. So he's so it's kind of like one human being and then a bunch of Muppets, or is yeah. there other humans in? It? There's like one other. Who plays kid? There's Bob like, Cratchit? Is uh, that a person or a no? That's oh, a, a um, Muppet. Bob Cratchit is uh, Kermit. Oh, Kermit's Bob Cratchit. Kermit's okay, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. Okay, and then the ghosts of Christmas, all that crap is is they're all Muppets. Man. They're all Muppets. They're so all it's, just, it's just Michael Caine and Muppets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 no. really good. I watched that. Uh, okay, I need to do. I watched the Alistair Sim one from 1951. Oh, nice. Which is the best because it's got the the Jacob Marley guys like really super over all of them. It's, it's over dramatized, you know. But there's one from 1935 I watched which kind of sucked. There's another pretty famous one from 1938. There's one from this 1979 starring Henry Winkler. As Scrooge. Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember that one? I've seen and that And it's one. in America in the 30s instead yeah. of, you know, so I saw part of that. And then there's one from 1999 with Patrick Stewart. And I never that's saw pretty that good, you know. And the guy from, um, the guy from uh, what is that show that takes place in Baltimore that's really brutal about the cops? God, what is that? Die Hard? <laughs> Die, yeah, Die Hard, yeah. No, you know that show, that show. What? The Wire. The Wire. What the main guy from The Wire, yeah, the I main never cop, seen like he's like he's like an Irish dude in the in the, he's like plays. The, his nephew Scrooge's nephew, and there's another one from 2019 that is like, you can only get snippets of on you. Anyway, I did that, and like I said, I, uh, it rained, so you couldn't do anything outside, which is the only thing you can do socially really. So I went to the. I got invited to a thing that was indoors, and I got freaked out and went on the back porch and smoked a cigar in order to social distance. So we're here we... with Greg Spaulding from Bible of the Devil. Yes, we have special, extra <laughs> yes. special guest. It's happening. It's supposed to be cheers, it's all, man. It's, it's all happening. It's all happening. So yeah. we're, we're kind of like, we've been talking with Greg last week and a while I before. I can feel it. 
there are some uh, there are some uh, hidden treasures in there. Some hidden, some poison treasures, definitely. Poison treasures. There were some hidden treasures. Were they hidden or were they blatant? I think they were explicit. Ex- Not... Exposed, exposed treasures. There were some exposed treasures. <laughs> I think Expose. it was just, it was just a, you know, a very raw experience. Yeah. Well, you know, a raw experience that uh, Bible of the Devil put out. This song here is called Ride Steel. Ride Steel? Okay.
All right, we just inserted some some, some old vinyl girl in there. Yeah. That was, <laughs> so what we're gonna ask you, about, hey, so we got Greg Spaulding here from Bible of the Devil, our longtime. Uh, what do we call them? Tour mates. Sister or band. Really They're a sister like band. That. Sister band. Yeah. Long time friend. From uh, yeah, first from time caller here. Chi Town. First time Windy City. Uh, Chicago, when we used to go out there and play the double door and all this stuff. In fact, I just met a girl from Chicago, and uh, I did. Well, she's from Detroit. Anyway, I met this girl. Met a girl from Chicago. Met a girl from Chi-Town. Yeah, you know, she was, well, I was working on this van, as I was telling you about, the last few days. Um, you know, nice outdoor activity you can do with friends and all that. And we working were like, on cars. You know, we were, we were uh, popping some goofballs and drinking tequila and that kind of and and she turns out she's from Chicago or from Detroit. She said I spent this time in Chicago around 2005. I said you go to the Double Door, yeah, all the time, man. Did you go to Reggie's? Yeah, all the time. Did you go to what was the place that Darren worked at that we used to play? The ocean uh, boat, uh, boat, 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 Quenchers. Quenchers. Oh, she described this bar. She yeah, Quenchers. Just like Quenchers. Like, oh yeah, I played there a bunch of times. You know, and she went, yeah, you know. And then you ever been to like uh, what are the other places? Cobra Lounge. Yeah. Okay. You ever heard of Slough Bible Devil? No. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Did you ever go to Alehorn? Um, uh, no. What the hell is that? I know. You know? Shocking, right? Oh, yeah. She was kind of a radical, like, you know, commie, pinko, punk rocker, anarchist, fucking Laval, you know, uh, whatever you call it. What was the first time you played Double Bar? Was that, was that 06? As a first Alehorn. It was Alehorn. the first, the first Alehorn. Alehorn of Power was a, a festival that... Greg put together for his band Bible the Devil and us and other bands on tone deaf touring like yes. the Last Vegas and Widow and, and who else? October thirty no not October. No. Uh, really? uh, there was like some Doom band at the end. No, Trouble? we had uh, <laughs> Trouble. Was, uh, so Manila Road was on that first one. And then, what uh, they were? Oh wow. yeah, they were. They played last. Yeah. No, not the yeah. first one. The first one was like some Doom band that played last. No, no, uh, no, that wasn't. No. It. No, 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 November's, no, no, Doom. November's Doom. November's Doom played a second one. No, oh, Rogue okay. was on the first. Uh, yeah, maybe they were. We were. Yeah, they were on the first one, and then yeah, you guys. Actually, I got a, a little bit of homework done here. You guys have played five alehorns. Five. Oh six, oh seven, oh eight, two thousand nine, and twenty fourteen. Actually, was with Manila Road again. I think we played twenty fourteen. I don't know. Yeah, no, actually, that wasn't. I don't think that was Manila Road. Yeah, Where no, was that? No. Uh, that was at Reggie's in 2014. Oh, yeah. That was Harry's last uh, time in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. Was that uh, when I, that I was... hit my head really hard on that? Oh, you thing. did. And that weird bondage chick band called, uh, oh, God damn it. I never remember their uh, name. Sa really Savage cool. Master. Savage Master. Savage Sorry, Master. I didn't remember the name. Yeah, yeah that was chick uh, who looks like Pat Benatar, but, with, but the mentors back here. Was pretty hot. Well, okay, so. Anyway, we just heard a couple Bible songs. We yeah, heard, let's talk uh, about the music. We man. heard something and, from and, the new. What was that? The song attempted, from the attempted to hear. No, nah, we heard it, man. We I heard, heard it. it. Yeah, you, <laughs> we heard "Old Girl." That's, we heard uh, "Feel It." We heard. Uh, no, we didn't hear "Feel It." We heard "Old Girl." From "Feel It." Something, yeah, from "Feel It." What was the so name of that song? "Old Girl." It. First, what's up with that song? Like, you know, you did that what year? Ah, uh, man, that was. Probably the initial idea came in late 07, but we recorded that in 08. And what album was that, was, that on? That was, a, that was a Nate riff all the way. What album is uh, Old Girl on? Uh, Freedom Metal. Freedom Metal. Kind of oh, sounds yeah, Adrian, for your, uh, for your uh, uh, what were you looking for, your, uh, your codes? Catalog numbers. Yeah, that was, uh, oh, I don't have that one. 
Oh, what? So that's the story. I have a Diabolic was Cruise 20 and Thugs was Cruise 54, but I don't have Freedom Metal. I'm going to say that was probably like 30. Anyway, yeah, it was on Freedom Metal. Well, you know, I told you I used to play your records in, uh, we had a turntable at the attic, a bar I worked at. Have you ever been there? Yeah, we came in there. that was uh, right and, off. That was pretty close to where Adrian lived, right? 24th and yeah. Mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went yeah, in there? Yeah. Okay. yeah, we went in there, and that was like, yeah, it was a real small bar. Yes. There's a little room in the back, right? Oh, yeah. wait, yeah. you came, but when, it wasn't when you were, you weren't playing with the band then, were you? You were just, you guys were here for like a trip or something, or a vacation? or. Yeah, uh, my wife and I yeah. were actually here for a friend's wedding. That's right, Oakland, yeah. That weekend. Yeah. And you yeah, stayed was, at Adrian's uh, house, and he gave you a map. I remember that. Yeah. And so you yeah. Found, yeah, yeah. Did I really? <laughs> so you gave him a map. And, so, and there's like little like tea that you made it like a hotel. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's like you a know, little teapot and some nice little. We used yeah. The, we used the, to host quite a few people. Yeah. We used to co- host quite a few people. Little cookies so in the bathroom. Yeah, we had all that stuff, uh, but that whole guest room. You, you didn't do that when my house burned down. And converted I into an office now. Let me sleep there. Yeah. No more guest room. That was that was very gracious hosting. So, um, so at the attic, I used to play your records all the time, yeah. including Freedom Metal, and people used to be like always like, "Who is this?" You know, and of course, some people knew you. Like a couple, there was a couple people who actually knew Marco and stuff like that because everybody knows Marco. Everybody knows Marco. Oh and, yeah, for sure. And but 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 uh, people like they think they'd always think you guys were some band from the seventies. Where you know, who is this? Wait, is, is this like, you know, it sounds like Thin Lizzy with Bon Scott singing or something, which is a very accurate. Uh, yeah, that could work. Yeah, but and I'll be like, oh, it's Bible of the Devil. And, and then people say, oh, I've heard of them, or oh, I think I saw them once when I was in blah, blah, blah. Or maybe they, I saw them out here in Oakland or something. But uh, they always really, uh, everyone always asks about the songs. And then, of course, there was a time that guy had the stroke. Uh, during oh, yeah, you got to tell that story again. That, that's a great story. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I don't want to, you know, be too gnarly here, but this guy, this regular. No, it was there, awesome. Yeah, this old, sort of older guy. Maybe he was like 60 or 59 or something, not that old. And uh, he always drank there. And uh, I thought he was having a stroke. I was playing. I was the parcher was on the turntable. Oh Your yeah, song, the parcher, yeah. so it was perfect. And it's really unfortunate, but he he just started like uh, uh, this guy was drinking like way too much, especially for his you know his age sort of, but not really as much. You that. were serving just, him way too. No, much. no, 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 no. Wait, that's this is how it, he would come in and drink at happy hour a lot. You know, he sort of didn't seem to. Uh, he would. Well, he was an, you know he's an Asian guy, and sometimes. Uh, they have they like sort of have this thing where they turn red in the face because they like rosacea. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. That. I didn't want remember what to say it called, but they turn they have rosacea often Asians. And he and he drank a lot, but he could, it seemed like he couldn't really handle it too much. And he drank, um, but he drank every day. And he, he was doing uh, vodka after vodka after vodka, you know. And then uh, finally, I cut him off because he was just getting that rosacea thing, and he was ah. obviously so wasted. And I had him in there all the time at happy hour. And then, you know, he did the thing that people do often. Then he moved to a table and had some girl that was there come up and get him drinks. And she would order shots and stuff and then bring <laughs> it back to him, right? And then finally, I noticed during your, your the whole Thugs, Thieves, and whatever. For the love of Thugs and Fools. Yeah, Thugs and Fools. For that whole side of the record, like the Parcher was playing. But I had I'd always play that whole record back to me. It was at a turntable there. And uh, all of a sudden, I noticed him gyrating and holding his neck. And going like, oh, like it was really awful. He couldn't talk, and he had this look of panic in his eyes. Like, oh shit, he's having a stroke, you know. And like one of the other happy hour people went over and really sort of took took command and 
grabbed him like, hey, what a... And all I could hear was, you know, you're a parcher in the background. And I was like, oh, my God. And it turned out, we had to call an ambulance. I called an ambulance. It turned out that uh, he had he wasn't having a stroke, thankfully, but he was having acute alcohol poisoning is what the paramedics said. Like he was just so wasted and so little food in his stomach probably that he just went into the convulsions. I've never seen that happen before. Acute alcohol poisoning, you know? Anyway, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's your that's your definition of parcher right there. Like that's you just yeah, he yeah. parched at that, but he didn't. Yeah, I mean, I think of parcher. I think of someone with like going a, for it, like a dry husk, like someone who really looks like like dry and li- like cracked, limey, kind of hash mark face. You know, like he didn't look like that, but he but he was parched nonetheless. Yeah, I guess someone who's super dehydrated when you drink that much, you get super dehydrated. So a dry husk. I like yeah. that. I'm sorry, he's <laughs> dry. You, know, you see alcohol. Like he, he just, Peel back the layers. Yeah, you see, like people who are really <laughs> been drinking forever, and they look really dried out, you know. And they probably are because they don't—they're dehydrated, you know. Yeah, you get kind like, of like yeah. a hash mark face and yeah. stuff like that, like really awful. Or smokers get that way, obviously. You get smoker face. Anyway, uh, smoker face. So the song uh, what was the song that we heard before uh, before old girl that was off of the new album Feel It, that was riding ride the blade. <laughs> ride, ride, ride the steel. blade. Ride steel. There you go. Ride the blade. That sounds pretty. Uh, there's a there's an in your in your endo there for sure, man. Riding the blade. So one of the things I notice on the Feel It album, it's got um, I think it's got a different drum sound than your previous albums. Did you uh, use uh, a different kit, or was it just the person who was recording it and mixing it? They just added a bunch more reverb, or like what happened on the drum set? Yeah, yeah, kind of both. Uh, it's a little uh, use a kind of in-house snare that they had there, and we actually recorded that at Electoral Audio in their B studio. So it's basically like this giant drum chamber. I mean, the ceilings are probably like forty feet tall. Oh, wow. Um, you used the studio so, snare drum. Yeah, they had a bunch of stuff to select there. I mean, Electrical Audio has everything you could possibly ever want. We that tried place. that last time we did a record, and it sounded like shit. Yeah. If you Remember if that? you were looking <laughs> to like, do like, bigger, better-sounding drums, I mean, Electrical Audio is kind of the, the signature place to go for the last so it's got You like probably a, know how to tighten the snare, though. See, it's got, a, it's got a chamber, though, for drums, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's huge. Like you walk in there, it basically looks like a, a grain silo, pretty much, um, uh-huh. with how tall the building is. And did they have um, microphones like way up there so it can capture the the, the kind of delay? Yeah, I mean, you kind of have everything mic'd in in different spots, but you just have so much kind of natural reverb in the thing too. So it's at a factory. You kind of have the drums kind of right up front in kind of your, your living room kind of feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ooh, I think that's, of, that's different wants, than right? your guys's previous albums for sure. Which I, You know, I don't, you know, I always think we're first and foremost a guitar band. So I always like the drums to sit back a little bit, but they kind of came out a little well, bit. These days it doesn't really matter much in a way because, uh, everybody's yeah. listening to it on like their laptop or yeah, some right? shit like that or their earbuds. So right. how are you going to get a sound where the drums are right in the room if you're on like, you know what I mean? Like to a Spotify, yeah, yeah. Spotify like, through your freaking like, smartphone. Yeah. That like with all this technology now, everyone's, you know, we have all this technology and all this sound technology, all this new stuff to record with all this pro tools and all these high resolution, files. but, and now everything might as well. And so 
you think that everything would be super mega hi-fi, but instead it's not. Everything's super fucking lo-fi. Yeah, because it's Because you're listening to it on these tiny nothing little, not even like a car stereo And you're streaming based on the bandwidth of your phone. Yeah, so everything's lo-fi for all intents and purposes now, even though we have all this technology. Isn't that something? Now that's something. That's fucked up, man. That's that's really something. That's, that's man. not. Yeah, that's I mean, not what I, I don't think gotta, people would approve. Got to convince the kids to buy vinyl. You know, they just. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I don't. It's happening. Uh, I mean, we yeah. we still sell plenty of vinyl. The uh, yeah, they listen to it on probably like. Well, I guess if you have a turntable, you might have speakers, right? I, don't I know, sure hope so. Unless you I, have I just one of those ass, little Krausley things. I got things. big old yeah insane speakers. You know that they're not the best speakers in the world, but they're. Big, you know, wooden. Do you want my my speakers? I, I have not these really, big. No. I have these really nice Fisher speakers. Well, that, I maybe, mean, they're yeah. they're pretty nice. I mean, Why don't you use them? Because I'm 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 going down. I'm going down to bookshelf yeah. size speakers. Oh, okay. Because we're we're well, redecorating. You know, we'll see. You know. We're redecorating we'll, we'll, the we'll bedroom. See. We'll get back to you on that. We'll, we'll call you, you know? for for New Year's weekend. <laughs> we're redecorating the bedroom. Oh, okay. And so, so Greg can come out and stay in there again. It's the new put domestic some sugar alliance. Sugar wafers in there and stuff. You know, ghetto biscuits. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna. You put a little refrigerator in there. Uh, hey, Adrian. If I was in it for. If I had those speakers, I could. Uh, Off grid. I, I could start the new band, uh, Dry Husk, and play through those speakers. Dry Husk. Put the, hey, you that's take that thing and put it in there, man, and lock it up so that. <laughs> lock How do they know? Oh, they just come in, they check in the hotel, like what you took, and then they charge you for it, right? Um, like, so how do they know what you if you ate a candy bar, like? They probably the housekeeping when they well, come in. Well, a lot in. of those things they have like they're kind of weighted in there, like yeah. they know they're like weight scales. What do you do? What do you do in a hotel if you, if like you know you eat? Do you ever eat anything out of there? Or yeah, all just, the time. Yeah. Okay, what do you do then? Do you just pay, pay for, for it? it? You yeah. really? Yeah. You don't do what I used to do. <laughs> well, I used to go to the store and buy you know Jesus. like you go buy a coke and then put it back in there and it'll cost you like a buck you know, or you drink like a Bex out of there. They'll charge you like ten bucks or something like that. You know, you go ten, to the store ten and buy Bex. a Bex. Ten, but yeah, and you put the or, or candy bar, you just buy it and put it back in, and then you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, you might as well just go to the store and buy this stuff then and then eat it. But but, that, but that's the convenience of being in the hotel room. That's why you pay for it. You don't pay. You don't pay for the for yeah, the. Yeah, but I want to pay like five bucks for a coke or whatever, man, or, or whatever it is. You know? Well, then wait until you go to the store. I don't. Well, I do. I go to the store and then I replace it and then I. <laughs> I think it depends on the on the hotel yeah. and what kind of. Um, I've kind of done this for like twenty years, but I what did kind do of it accessories once. they yeah. have? I mean, the last hotels that I went to, there was no technology at all. the The stuff was literally just like in a drawer. But they still charge you. Yeah, they still charge so you. Places eat it. we stayed in, like Europe or not in Europe, they wouldn't do that. But somewhere where there was like a bottle of water sitting there. Oh, I hate that. It's like, dude, you can't just sit and then it says two ninety nine or yeah, or and you're like. It's just sitting there. Like, of course you're gonna drink it. Yeah, man. I'm thirsty, like, man. That's lame. It is lame. <laughs> I swear, some people. Yeah, just steal the towels. What you do is you you go into the hallway then, <laughs> and you, you don't steal the towels from your room. I mean, I don't care like Motel Six, right? You steal the dirty towels. Yeah, you go into. Well, you don't do that. You go into the hallway, <laughs> and then you see when there's one of those maid carts. I learned to do this when I was a little kid. My cousins would do this all the time. They'd steal everything from that cart, and then you see like, you know, there's like towels on there and shit and you just grab one where you're walking out and go back in the van or whatever and that way they're not going to trace it to your credit card number or your buddy's credit or your tour manager's credit card number you know our tour manager they usually don't care about that anyway but i'm like hey this way it's not traceable you know our tour manager well i mean when we did you know when like in europe sometimes back when we had a road manager no we know in europe we had well we had 
a couple of people like that who'd pay for you know you know on, on Facebook like, it like, says like, that like, we're uh, currently like seeking management or whatever would put his cur- what on fa- on our Facebook it says that we have a setting that says that we're currently seeking management wait what why on, on fa- <laughs> it's been on there for like ten years who put it on there I did. And why, it, who, why are we, who do we mean we're currently? Really? Yeah, because there's anybody a, ever contacted there's us? Like a, no, there's nobody ever contacted us. <laughs> no, no one's interested in managing us. Nobody, <laughs> I put, I literally, it's, there's an option in there, like when you set up the Facebook, currently like, you know, what kind, of, what kind of band yeah, you are, yeah. but if you're on a label, blah, 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 if you have management or not, or if you're currently seeking management. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're currently seeking management. And I just want to get co- phone yeah, calls. Yeah, we had like, Sweet Diamond one Darryl. time in like, in like 2003, we are playing in, this, in Milwaukee, and it was called uh, like G Daddy's Funk House or something. <laughs> and uh, we played with this band. It was like this this like terrible like Nine Inch Nails kind of thing. And it was like two dudes and a bunch of effects and a drum machine. That sounds rad. I love it, two pieces, man. No, no, it was it was definitely. I've been not to like rad. two piece festivals. Uh, They're incredible. <laughs> so there was one. Yeah, there was one. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the dudes came up to us after we were done, and they wanted to know if we had a manager. They said they, they really wanted to because they thought they could make money off you. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Management, just like what? Or did they want to? Do they want yeah, to yeah, escalate an issue? percent of zero? You know, like, did they want to escalate an issue? They yeah. were like, you know, um, I just saw your band, and I'd like to speak to the manager. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They want to escalate an issue. Yeah, yeah I, I have an issue with what just happened, and I'd like I like to speak to There's the manager. Political about issues it. with what happened. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I ever got asked that was in L.A. Uh, when we made that commercial in 1994. That, of, of course it was L.A. Yeah, well, this is way before anybody <laughs> who's in the band now was in the band. But oh. we did we did a commercial for Warner Brothers down in L.A. Uh, it was actually a huge, like, massive money event. We just got lucky. I knew some guy who was a model, and he, like, gave our gave our picture or something You're to some Warner guy. Brothers talent agent. And they're like, we need someone right now. And they put us in this commercial, and... Um, for that cheesy TV show Extra, you ever seen that? Extra, yeah, extra, yeah, yeah. Wow. So I don't have a video for it. They put you in there as a, a guy as a, or as, as a, a guy, song? yeah. yeah. Oh. No, as a band, wow. they put some the, guy the, the, that the original lineup, except Stu Kane instead of Greg, down to L.A. We just it was just like a per, who you know kind of thing, and they're like, we need a band because it was 1994 and they couldn't find any bands that were pure rock and roll, like like heavy metal, like. They're like, we want Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, and there's no one anymore doing that. And so he's like, yeah, I know no, who'll no. do it for nothing, you know, for like 500 bucks or whatever the fuck. So we drove down to LA and did this commercial in, uh, in all these, there was all this cleavage, and, you know, all these union extras and stuff. And um, Extra, extra. Yeah, it was on the UCLA campus. I feel like we've talked about this on this show before, so I better not, maybe we haven't, I don't know. But so we did this, this video shoot for like hours and hours, and it was all this money, and it was Warner Brothers, it was insane. And um, someone, I was wearing that war paint, you know, all over my chest and stuff. And this guy yeah. comes up and he's like, hey, you know, we got a call from the executive producer and uh, um, they take issue with that. There's a political issue with that war paint thing you're doing. Oh, really? I said, really? What about American Indians or something? Like, I don't know. And just go to the bed. So they, dude, I, they put me in the shower. I was nude. Like I turned around <laughs> in the shower and there's these two guys. I'm like, they had all these women beforehand trying to dress me up with iron crosses and leather plant- pants. Like these, these like three or four women took me into this dressing room and they were like these super hot but like well, i was 24 so they were like 40 45 so these super hot like older women in my current at that time and uh then but then go so who they send into the shower to wipe off the rub war paint on me no it wasn't the women it was these two guys 
and they got on my back. I mean, they got on my back. Some yeah. guys. They, they got, got on my back. They, they rubbed it off my back and my chest, the war and I'm like fucking nude. And so I went back out there with no war paint on to do the rest of the shoot, and the executive producer guy shows up, and I knew it was this chain of command bullshit thing. I walked up to him and said, hey, I've heard you got political problems with me wearing, like, tiger stripes or whatever on my... And he goes, what? What do you mean? It was all just nonsense. He goes, oh, you mean, like, stripes on your chest with, like, like sort of, like, war paint, like, Indian look? I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, that would look great. Go put it on. <laughs> and I was like, it was just some bullshit. That he, he wasn't... Nothing ever... To, it just this, you know, bullshit that I could tell it was when they told me that it was, like, this. And one guy said this, and they weren't sure. So I went and put it on again. You know, the guys didn't help me, you know. <laughs> Anyway, well, how did you get didn't to that? Jump on your back? Oh, because the executive producer took issues. Management. They, yeah. Management. He said, "Who's your manager?" And there was a girl who was allegedly managing us at the time, who, uh. and uh, this chick who, like, you know, worked at like Boner Records or something like that. What's Boner Records? Is that the name? Boner Records. Yeah. No idea. Uh, there was a label up here. It was like a punk rock, and some bands were on. And uh, she's she, like, "I want to manage you and make us sign a contract." And then we went to do this commercial in L.A. We got it ourselves. She had nothing to do with it. She never did anything for us at all. And, uh, you know, I like, whatever. Uh, I met her uh, somewhere. And uh, then, then, uh, then they came down. Th- then she, we wouldn't fly her down. We had no money at all. We were getting like 500 bucks or whatever it was, or 300 bucks a person. And she was like, well, you have to fly me down for this. You, you just take it out of the money you're making. I'm like, what? It was on your manager. She got really pissed that we didn't do that. And then we got back. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can work like this. I don't know if this like, is going to work out. No, I was like, okay. Don't manage us. And she's like, well, it was, she, she didn't do anything. You know, she got us a show at the CW. You know. Anyway. I've tried to get several girls to, ma- to be our manager. And at first they why, say, yeah. What do you yeah. mean, man? Why, why? How? Well, I just want them to sell merch. So oh, yeah. Well, they, well that's not really managing. <laughs> so, sell merch and so get wait, us when, gigs. What, how, when would the covered wagon go away? Did that turn into chemos? Oh, no, 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 no. It turned into Annie's. Uh, turned into, it turned into something. Yeah, Annie's. And now it's like now it's like a pizza joint or something. I don't know. Now it's a, it's a baseball-themed restaurant. Yeah, something weird. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. cool for a while, yeah, for a long time. Yeah, I remember that place. Anyway. Was, uh, so it was 94. Was there any Slaufeg recordings out? Yeah. Yeah, there was the demo tape that's on um, yeah. on that anthology record or whatever the hell that oh, is. Oh, the Slaystack Gross? No, no, no. The first, actually, just the first album reissue on Miskatonic, the vinyl, and then oh, the yeah, second yeah, side yeah. is the old demos, yeah. Anyway, Greg, we just went off on a huge tangent. But we like no, totally ruined so your story because someone was, said, I want to talk. Was, that was, it. No, that was a brutal show. I'd someone wanted to be your manager or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, no, no, we've no. had like three people saying, I'm going to be your manager now. And they net, wait, it was always before we ever had a record deal or anything. And they didn't do shit. And of course, nothing. And uh, yeah. Because no one's going to yeah, be your manager they, unless they, you're making a bunch of money. What the fuck are they going to do? What are they? Because they love the band, man. That's what they always tell me. Great. That's kind of the, the thing where, you know, it's, it's a fine line between loving the band and actually helping the band. Yeah, trying to do something. Well, every time someone gets, we got signed to Metal Blade because they told us that Brian Slagle loved the, you know, loved the band, which he probably did. And the guys yeah. in Metal Blade Europe, in, the, in Metal Blade Germany, it was always like, oh, they come to our shows in Germany. Every show we did, the Metal Blade uh, in like way back in 99, 2000, 2002, whatever, in Germany, the Metal Blade Germany guys would show up and get totally into it and be like, oh, yeah, I really like this one. They would show up, and Garrett and, and uh, whatever, the other guys who work in the stock room there, you know, uh, from Sacred Steel, and for, who work in the shipping department, would, would tell them, oh, yes, Slough explain. And Michael, the guy who was uh, the, the, like the head of honcho there, would show up to, and, sever- and uh, Andreas Resner, who was, our, who was our agent, you know, would show up, he was, because they did press stuff for us, he would show up 
And they'd show up for like several shows in a row and be like, oh, I like last night better. I like better. And, but they'd be like, well, we can't sign you. We can't sell this. We love this music, but we can't sell it. And they were right. They were totally right. They, they were, were like, totally right. Yeah. You're not going to sell that shit in Germany at the time. They want to hear power metal. They want to hear Luca Torelli. They want to hear Hammerfall. Yeah. They want to hear. Yeah, yeah. And he was right. So I didn't argue. But then when Metal Blade LA signed us, they were like in, in <laughs> London, right? Okay, enough about this. We're talking about Bible of the Devil. Okay. Uh, what's going we were on? Talking <laughs> about the, we, we were talking about the drum sound and feel oh, yeah, it. The drum sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. feel it. And then uh, we and were going to play. It doesn't matter because everybody's listening to it on a laptop. Yeah. Or their phone. Exactly. No, it, was a, it was a fun time recording it, and the drum sounded good, and everybody got through all the stuff, and it was actually fun to record in there. I mean, it's it costs a lot, but hey, you know, you don't make records to have them sound like shit. So. Yeah, it sounds good, uh, man. Definitely. It did feel it come out on vinyl? Did everybody get high? Get uh, high, I mean, get... there was a, a, a few beers. Here and there, but, that must have been wild. Yeah. You, you were drinking beer in the studio. Uh, not so much anymore. Oh yeah, that would be that'd be too much. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I would. I, that'd be crazy. Too One time we drank beer in this actually in the studio. While we were like recording or only, mixing, at least that was only one time though. Oh after yeah, that we it was too it much. It was crazy. Oh, it was nuts, man. Yeah. Oh, we used so, to have a lot of beer for <laughs> the early records. So did but, the honestly though? Uh, did the feel it? Did the feel it come out on vinyl? Yeah, that's all we press it on. I mean, we had actually people ask us that why didn't we press it on CDs? But you know, it's actually a little more cost efficient to press. That's lame, man. It's lame. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, mean, we... I don't know. So why why CDs is the album are... called Feel It anyway? I mean, I don't want to get too no, graphic kind of, here. Kind of, you know. No, no, it's kind of just a, a running joke of the band. Uh, About what? I mean, it's kind of like when you're. Having a good time, you're feeling yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and then it was also way back when. Uh, do you guys know that song, that Overkill song, uh, Power Surge? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a line in there where the singer says uh, something about feel it, and we'd all just crack up relentlessly hearing that song. Uh, so it's kind of one of those things that you say in the van a ton. Oh, you mean that overkill kind of song? Sticks. The guy actually says "feel it" in the song. Yeah. Like during the yeah, you should, oh uh, man, yeah, part of the lyrics. Yeah, Holy you should, shit! You should play, you should play, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, it might be in. I feel it, man. Sure it's in, it's, I'm sure, it's, pretty sure it's in uh, on Power Surge. <laughs> if not, it's uh, maybe deny deny the cross. Deny the cross. That's a pretty good one. No, but I think deny it's the cross. I deny the cross. I don't. Yeah. I don't acknowledge the cross. You just man. deny its existence. Yeah, there is no cross. Yeah. What is. this? Did, what's that? No, nothing ever. Cro- like all lines are parallel. I deny the cross. You deny know? the cross. Yeah, yeah. Like no, all lines are parallel, bro. Nothing's connected. I mean, it's all just we're all in separate universes. Just you know, fall going in like as lines, far as you like, measure out. Yeah, 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 never yeah, cross. yeah. Infinitely, we never cross lines. Never cross paths, man. I deny the cross. You know, I don't believe all this spiritual bullshit about we're all connected. Nothing's connected, dude. I am a, a full-on atomist, man. We're just yeah, you, you might, separate, you, might have to listen, you know? You might have to listen to, uh, to Overkill, Power Surge. I'm pretty sure that Feel It is in there. Okay. Well, you got to send us a link for that so that we can uh, right. we can check I'll, it out. I'll, I'll try to find a link. 
But speaking of things we that uh, things that oh, we're so, listening yeah, to, yeah, Greg, play something for us. You're yeah, DJing what is here. The, like what is the, you. what yeah. is one of the songs that uh, you want us to uh, play here um, coming up? Uh, play the and she play the opening track, one of my favorite albums off Rainbows Rising. Play Tarot. Oh, you're gonna play Tarot awesome. Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tarot Woman is awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna bring that up right now. I wonder what that means. You know, Tarot Woman. Tara Woman is, uh, well, you know, she's reading your tarot cards. Means, yeah. means something that R- Richie Blackmore does not want to tell you. Oh, yeah, because he's all, he's a magical, mystical man, right? He's like really, yeah. he's really deep, right? I always thought he was, it was like Terror Woman, you know, because Dio was singing. He's always talking about these terrible women and stuff. Wait, we, no, Dio probably wrote the lyrics, man. Or no, who, do we, who wrote the lyrics to Terror Woman? That's a good it question. Like a Dio thing, but also that's, Richie that's, Blackmore. That's, no, Dio wrote all the lyrics to that, I think. Because, you know, Blackmore does dabble in the dark arts himself, you know. Well, that's why Dio he's, left, he's, though, because he still wanted to sing about castles and magic and, and stuff, And Dio, right? you know, he, he's da- Dio doesn't dabble in the dark arts. He delves, man. He is a delver. He is the architect he's, of, he's, the he's, dark yeah, arts. of the dark arts. He is a delver in the occult. You know, he doesn't dabble, man. He dives right in. He dives right in. It's easy in. for him to dive right in because, you know, I mean, he it's fits easy, pretty it's much easy to dive right into a tarot woman. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. 
All right, that was Ooh, some was high that? spirits. High spirits. That was when the lights go down from the album You Are Here. You know, why did you pick that song, Greg? Why, why are you disc jockeying high spirits? What's up with that? Well, that, as we were kind of talking in between the uh, tunes here, that's uh, with the, the new genre that we like to identify ourselves with as pure metal. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, we have no peers, man. Chris, Chris Black, a long time, probably 15, 16 years now. Wow. And uh, High Spirits has always been They're great your peers. Band and just He's been in other bands uh, too, a, right? We've done a couple tours. Yeah, he's in Super Christ and he's uh, in Dawnbringer. Wait, who's in, who's in Super uh, Christ? Chris Black. Uh, Chris Black is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, so is Ian, right? Is his name Ian? Yeah. Not Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ian, the uh, Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we've done, we did a lot of shows with them back then. Actually, they were in one of the Alehorns too. I think it was Alehorn 4. That was the one at Cobra Lounge. But yeah, no, I mean, just a fun band. And there's only so many bands you can identify with when you're doing the rock metal thing. And they're one of those bands. So. Pure metal. High Spirits is pretty awesome. Pure line, metal. Man. It's, it's, yeah. it's pure metal. I think of it as, well, everyone, what does everybody call them? They're like they're like therapy metal or something, right? Metal therapy. Therapeutic? No, I've heard that about them a bunch of times. People call them like, because they're so like self-helpy kind of new age lyric content. Not new age, but... Their lyrical content is very uh, life coachy, right? It's a high energy rock. Like. <laughs> yeah, what about the, 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 isn't the po- lyrical, positive lyric, rock? Isn't yeah, yeah, like opto rock? Isn't the isn't the oh, lyrical dude. content considered even by them to be like this? Like, hey, sees you know, uh, uh, life's not boring. You're boring. You know, let, let's go, guys. You know, like, take life by the horns. Yeah, it's very and it's it's very positive. And you're driving. You know, you're in control. Don't get wasted and be an asshole. And you know. Like or something? Or I don't know. Is that guy I, drink? He probably does. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I mean, I know we've hung it's out. It's very them. positive. Uh, they have that repu- reputation. I think uh, uh, metal therapy. Someone, a couple people said that they have a good reputation. They, 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 oh yeah, they don't have a bad reputation. They're yeah, not yeah. Badasses. That would like be cool to make a record called Good Reputation. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> just like a seven inch <laughs> picture of me and you and Angelo in black, like like <laughs> no, in white. It'd be like the the negative image of bad reputation like oh that's a great idea we're gonna do a white album cover with a black box rectangular with me and you and angela's silhouettes of our face and have it say good reputation <laughs> so i like that we have, we have to do it do we a, seven do a seven inch, inch and yeah. call 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 good, good reputation <laughs> that's so yeah, dumb so, yeah, metal I, therapy that's what i think when i listen to you may ask the, the swine hurt i'm in like metal therapy really metal therapy no, i'm just kidding peerless metal that's what that is <laughs> <laughs> Peerless metal. Peerless wow. metal. Yeah, yeah. Where was Eumaeus um, from? What what area? G- Crete. That's the. That's he was the, from Crete. Well, it's about the Odyssey. Right, but so where was he? Where where? Like, isn't it Crete that he's? Yeah, yeah, Crete. He's well, it's Odysseus. The Odyssey. You know, Odysseus. Yeah, like he the, goes the, all over the. Place. In the Iliad, he's he's um, he's in <laughs> Troy, I guess, or or at least in mainland Greece or whatever it is at the and end of the, at the end of the, the the book at the end of the the poem, and he, he his wife is in Crete. Hmm. And so he has to get back to her, and that's the whole the Odyssey. Ah. Odysseus uh, goes, you know, there's Scylla and Charybdis, and or whatever the name, is, and the the sirens and all that shit. When he goes, when he goes across, he goes to Hades and sees all his old buddies. Man, and I'd love to go to Crete. And then he gets to Crete, and then he finds all these suitors trying to bang his wife. And Eumaeus the swineherd is the guy who says, uh, before you go see your wife, there's all these guys trying to get in her yeah, pants. You yeah, gotta go yeah. there and kill them or whatever the hell he did. Yeah. And so that sort of, that song's about the swine. I always thought the swineherd was a cool character, but but. Uh, but what are we talking about? You always you went you didn't go to Crete. I thought you went there. Well, we were going to this last year, yeah, twenty twenty. 
And then we got dick. Yeah, yeah, COVID hit, and we didn't go to COVID. <clears throat> I had a whole trip planned. I had a whole trip. I was going to go to the the lair of the Minotaur. Yeah. Is there with the the maze and everything well, is still that's there? That's from the. That's from. Uh, yeah, the lair of the Minotaur. That's uh, uh, it's from uh, Plato. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's Plato refers to it, but it's an old, another myth about yeah. the, the Apollo. Cave the Apollo ca- saves yeah. the seven pairs or whatever. From the uh, the cave of Zeus is still there. I guess when I Zeus know. was growing up, he, he was hanging. Yeah. Well, no, he. Uh, um, they wanted to when Zeus was young. They wanted to shelter him away from any of the other gods because they they knew that the he, was he was going to be a, like super powerful, you know. So they so ha- take him so out of Olympus and put him down to Earth. So he hid out in the cave in Crete, and the uh, cave is still there. That's wild. Man. It that's is wild. wild. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll ride my bike up that hill and you know check it out. Wild. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was high spirits. And then before that, that was a terror, terror woman, terror woman, terror woman by that uh, that delver into the dark arts, uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow uh, Dio, and uh, yeah, I don't always kind of like that song is cool, but I never thought it was as cool as the next one on that record. Yeah, but that song Run is Run with the Wolf. Yeah, but yeah, ter- that's good too. They're all good. Terror woman has such cool like um, uh, accents. <laughs> No, not so much that the the accents. But cozy pal, is it? Yeah, cozy pal. Yeah, cozy right? pal and cozy uh, pal's awesome drummer. And uh, um, Jimmy Bain, right? Um, yeah. Is Jimmy he Bain there yet? Bass, I guess yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Bain and cozy pal. The first album was The first album was with like uh, Huey Lewis's band, right? Or the Attractions? No, that was the first Elvis Costello album. Wait, I'm getting confused now. Very well, confused. <laughs> Very confused. I don't think Huey Lewis was part of that. No, he what? No, Huey Lewis is wait. The first really? Elvis Costello album has oh, I'm, I'm no, not Huey, not Huey, not Huey has Clover <laughs> as his backing band, which was yeah, Huey Lewis's yeah. band. That yeah. was that was the band on the first Elvis Costello and the Attractions album. Ah. Yeah, no, it was Clover, except for not Huey, Huey Lewis. Now let's segue that to uh, the first uh, um, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow album. Was Dia was was uh, guys from Elf and oh, really? Dio uh, as the backing band, and oh. then he got Roger or or uh, when the fuck did Roger Glover come into it? When they got Roger Glover what, came in a little bit later. When when what's his name was around? When uh, Graham Bonnet was in or something. Anyway, no, was it Glenn Hughes? Glenn was Hughes. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk about, talk about Hughes, man. No, Archer. No. That guy's wow. He's a par- that guy's coked up. He took us out of fucking uh, commission and when we were trying to put a record out in '99, <laughs> dude. Remember that? Yeah. SPV Distribution. He, we all, he he's the only one. He stole our glory with Twilight of the Idols. He's Glenn the only Hughes one that. of that of that group stuff, the Deep Purple era stuff, where he's still he's still rock. He's still a rocker. Like the like he's the rest still of the, yeah. well, well, he's still rocking, yeah. But oh, you're right, because he's like, yeah, because. But he's still he's still a rocker. He's Jones like a beach bum now or yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Glenn Hughes is like living Steve the life, Morris, man. Yeah, yeah. Glenn Hughes is living the but life. He's still he's, he's still playing, like, he's, he's rocking. He's, he's, he's on the road. Still. Yeah, he's still partying and he's stuff. still on coke. How do you know? <laughs> he's still he's still. Oh, part- that guy that guy partied like. No tomorrow. Well, all those okay, guys. Okay. Did. His I mean, book Jimmy is really Bain. good. I'm like Jimmy Bain and uh, you know. Uh, the Glenn oh, Hughes autobiography. To get decapitated, right? Is yeah, yeah, cut yeah, off yeah. yeah. He was oh, a regular so John Dust. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Dust. Yeah. No, but uh, <laughs> we still don't have any. No one's ever asked me a question about that. Who's this John Dust guy who played on your last album? Nothing. Not one question. I thought that was going to raise all sorts of controversy. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, nobody, I haven't heard anybody Nothing. die nor hear. No. Yeah. 
nothing. That's right up there anyway. with band management. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so wait, Ontario Woman then, that's, uh, that is, that is uh, Jimmy Bain. Roger yeah. Glover was not there. So they had the band, they did, had the guys from Elf, at least some of them. The guitar player went to Vanilla Fudge or something like that. Hmm. It was Dio, Richie Blackmore, and most of Elf, I guess, on the first Rainbow album. Hmm. Uh, did not know that. And then, uh, then he started grabbing people from Deep Purple, or what, no, maybe not yet, though. Wait, who the fuck played keyboards on that record? I don't know. But uh, keyboards so on Rainbow was uh, oh no on that on that record. There's probably a different. Yeah, so so Glover was came in in 1979. Oh, yeah. so yeah, it was after Dio. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was during yeah. uh, Graham Bonner. It was Bonner, after Jimmy Bain. Joe Lynn Taylor, <laughs> Ta- Joe Lynn oh, yeah. Turner, Turner. Yeah, because oh, yeah, Jimmy Bain went with Dio. Street, we can play Street of Dreams on this podcast. Oh man. yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because Jimmy Bain went with Dio when he left. Uh, oh, he, he went with him. Okay. Yeah, okay, he yeah. went with Dio because he was like. Oh yeah, he was on the first album. Yeah, yeah you're right. He was, yeah, on, he was like on like the first two or three Dio albums. Uh, maybe he was on. He was definitely on Holy Divers. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Bain, man. Jimmy Bain. Man. Jimmy Bain was pretty cool. Love like, Jimmy Bain. So good. I I mean I I saw him with Dio in, one in the in, the, in like two thousand or something. Want to do our our power metal uh, weekly name that song and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. We want Greg to play some more stuff, of course. But I think right now. Uh, just to, to get these chores out of the way here. Of course, I do have uh, Iron Maiden's Virtual 11 album. Why? Because uh, I thought about, <laughs> I want to hear. <laughs> you, ever, you ever play with Blaze Bailey? Solo? No, you did, though. You did, right? Yeah, yeah we did. How yeah. was that? Maybe we are going to end up listening. Um, yeah, how, uh, how was it? Wasn't, wasn't bad. It was all right. That's it? What was it like? I thought you said he was parched. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I okay. mean, the, the band was, was pretty good. I mean, it was better than watching Paul Diano try to do a solo show. Oh, yeah, I've heard that was pretty rough. I never saw I mean, that, that guy is, like, so was so huge. We played with him in 2012 at Reggie's, completely packed show. You mean, show. like, physically huge? Huge, like yeah. Big. Like, yeah, he's large, a big dude. You know, Ex- rail thin to do is probably, like, 300 pounds. Like, Whoa, yeah. wait, what? He was Double that big? Oh, he's huge. He was that yeah. fat? I mean, I've seen pictures of him where he's big, but not like that. Holy shit. No, he's... He was huge, and he basically sang maybe half the choruses on all the yeah, songs. Yeah, he, he has a bad knee, was, I guess, because he was so heavy. Just, oh, yeah, he he really, it looks like he can barely stand up. Ouch. Yeah, I mean, he's not in good shape. He partied too much or something. Man. No, he's got, like, a bunch of gun charges, I thought, on him, too. Like well, he, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing in guns. He's, he's, he's a renegade. Yeah, he's Mr. Mr. I'm a badass guy or whatever. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. But I, read the, I read his <laughs> biography, his autobiography. Oh, there's oh, that book on God that? awful. That. Really? Oh, it's, it's so it's, stupid. Oh, it's bad. No. It's really disappointing because he's like the best metal singer ever, probably, yeah. in my opinion. Like, he's so great. Really is. I mean, he's, he was so s- great in Iron Maiden. But just turn that switch off. He's just a, he's just a douche. I mean, he, that, I mean, I hate to say it because I love the guy. I love his, his singing so much on, on the first two Maiden albums. But, but, and on a couple of things he did after, uh, Paul Diano's Warzone and all that shit. I used to buy those records. I was like so into Paul Diano, right? But, man. The, the bi- his autobiography is just so juvenile. It's like ridiculous. He's just like, he just, oh man, it's just like, yeah. Wait, this, I'm a dirtbag. It's true. I like to do drugs. All this shit, like really, really? stupid shit. Yeah, you, I'll let it to you. It's really dumb. Huh? I mean, it it's, blows your mind. It's, it's called uh, it's called the Beast. Yeah, it's you. you, you the, yeah. the photo. It looks like the the photo on it. He Mike. Looks like he looks like dude, Mike Muir or something. From, uh, yeah, like Limp Biscuit guy. Suicidal like, tendencies. Suicidal. Mike. Suicide. Mike Muir. Well, that's a good call. Yeah, all you need is like a skate. 
He needs a skateboard in his hand. And yeah, it's really douchey. Yeah. Does he have a soul patch or something? It's fiduciary. Yeah. Fiduciary. Wow. But anyway, no, you a, played with Blaze Bailey. Band, like, <laughs> yeah, we played with Blaze. Yeah. So it wasn't like, uh, what was his band called? Uh, Wolf, Wolf's Bane or something? They were yeah, kind of cool. Yep. So now that we're talking about Blaze Bailey, I think we have no choice but to play something from Virtual Eleven. Blaze Bailey was supposed the worst to be, album ever made. Was supposed to be at um, one of the shows we were supposed to do this summer. I think he was. Supposed no, yeah, to we were going to play with him in Denmark or something. Yeah, shit, at the Metal Magic Festival. Yeah. And then Metal that, Magic. Metal Magic in Denmark. It's supposed to be really good. I've been. Uh, People have been telling me for years, like, oh, you guys should get to, you guys should play Metal Magic. You guys should play Metal Magic. And I was like, all right. So I just emailed the guy. And the oh, guy really? That's how you got, you just said, hey, we should yeah, play Metal I Magic. Yeah, I said, hey, man, everybody says we're supposed to play your festival. <laughs> okay. And, and the guy he was like, yes. yeah, we, 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 we want you guys to play Why didn't well, he ask us then? What? I don't know, because there's a million other bands out I there. Guess. But it was you one of have the, to get in touch with them. Can we play your festival? Sure, yeah. Well, no. I mean, it was literally it, how it happened because hey, I had so many people. Where's my fucking money? When we were in when we were in Europe, so many people were like, "You guys should totally play Metal Magic." Yeah. You guys, why though? Because it's supposed to be a lot of like-minded bands. Pure. Oh, metal. great! Yeah, that's pure, what I want. Pure metal. I want to go play a bunch of power metal or whatever they call us. Pure uh, metal. I want to go see a bunch of true metal bands. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah and so uh, so, <laughs> but the dude knew who we were and everything, and really? and uh, and was like, "Yeah, you guys should play my festival." And I was like, "All right, let's do it." And it didn't happen. And then we didn't go. And yeah. then COVID hit. Yay! Yeah, 2020. Cool. Well, 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 well. I hear a lot of shit like that everywhere we play. You guys should play Valken Festival. No, I don't, I don't want to. Well, why not? Oh, I don't know. You know, but you should. Oh, really? Okay. Thanks. I always you just know. tell them. I say, contact your local promoter and tell them the news. Yeah, isn't that years. isn't that the one of the most cliche things you hear around? You've been around long enough, and you play shows like, man, you guys should really be playing with this, or you guys should really be on the show with this band. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. We hear that all the time. But the thing we <laughs> the thing we hear even more like, what is does that, what does that mean? When we used to tour the U.S. all the time, they're always like, oh man, if you just would have come two days earlier or last week. When Last the, week the scene was just on fire, man. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But, but just, just this week it's like really, really oh, yeah. say, like, today. Yeah, today it's really down. But like today's really down. I mean, if you would have played yesterday, would have been. Oh, there been like a thousand people you know, here. Celine yeah. Dion's playing yeah. at the sports arena tonight. So they say that. Yeah, they say that in every town. They yeah. say like, oh yeah, like so and so is playing down here, so no one came. But if you would have played yesterday, it would have been full. You know, like everywhere you go, they say that, and you and you figure, oh, we should have just done the tour like. We should have started one day earlier, started, and every show, show would have been packed. Yes, you know, but <laughs> it just would have been you know, the, no, offset the by one day. Best but. one of all time is when somebody says, "Man, you guys are great. You got to play with my friends' band. They sound just like you." Yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah, you yeah. play with friends' band, and it sounds nothing at all, even close resembling anything like your own band. Well, that's that's definitely. I, I, that's a no-brainer right there, yeah. I'll give you an example. We played a show in Indiana. Is actually one of the first Dark Lord fests. You guys played the Dark Lord? No, no we never played the Dark, unless we didn't know it. We played no, several. You, you we played, played several Dark festivals Lord. that we didn't know we were yeah. playing. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like we played at a club. Yeah. And they go, "Hey, so at this festival, yeah. what? We I mean, played the Dark Lord. <laughs> that was the that beer thing. Right? Oh wait, we did play yeah. a festival. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did do it and yeah, didn't know. Oh no, we knew it. Oh, you mean the Three Floyds thing? Yeah. Yeah, three four. Oh, five, okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I guess we, we did know the about the band we we played with. Something like, man, you know, 
it was it's something in effect of like they were they were up on stage and uh, their friend was like, man, you got to listen to my friend's band. They're really into Thin Lizzy, like you guys, blah, blah. You listen to it, and it's not really like Thin Lizzy at all. Yeah. And they're like, oh, listen listen to the song. And then they cover Rosalie, and their dude's telling me how awesome the song is. I'm like, you know, that's not an original Thin Lizzy yeah, song. And he didn't that's know it? Bob song. <laughs> he didn't know. And, like, and the dude was just, like, crushed. He's like, yeah, that's Bob Seger, man. <laughs> dude, you're playing a Bob Seger song, and it sucks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, it's such a great song. It goes down and down and down and down and down. Yeah, it's great, man. So cool. <laughs> Fucking so yeah, hot. You ever wonder? You ever wonder when people are talking to you about bands and they're like, where their frame of reference comes from? Like, if you watch Bible Devil or Slough Egg, there's clearly influences at work. But what people conjure up in their head or what band they think sound like you just don't have anything to do with Oh, it. yeah. It's like it's so rad. Like, this one girl said, this is way back in the golden 90s, like, you know, like, two, year 2000, somewhere in there. And she was telling Rob Preston, you know, you know uh, who put one of her records out, like, like oh, yes, yeah, Slaufeg? Oh, I don't really like them. They sound too much like the Dead Kennedys. What? And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she wasn't only, no, that's okay, awesome. she was pretty yeah, young, right? Awesome. But not only did she say that when he when he pressed her on it, because his name's Preston, you know, oh. he likes to press girls. Oh. Like, no, when he pressed her on it, uh, uh, <laughs> he was like, "What do you mean? Like, what? How specifically is that even possible?" She started naming like specific songs. No, this song like sounds like Holiday in Cambodia, and that song sounds like you know, uh, Bedtime for Democracy, whatever. Yeah, like what? Like. <laughs> that is weird. That's totally insane. Yeah, I, you know, I've heard a lot of weird comparisons, but yeah, that's that's. Well, people told me shit like we sound like, like Dream Theater I, I and stuff. And all of the Unborn really sounded like MTV Get Off the Air. Yeah, 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 pretty much. That's the biggest. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking when I wrote it. I mean, yeah, but I mean, like we heard that, and I was like, whoa, that blew everything away I've ever heard. I thought it was pretty cool actually, but uh, but uh, I hear sh- you know I love it when people come up and they go. Did you guys listen to a lot of Iron Maiden when you were younger? Like, no. Who? What? Or uh, the best one is always like, I always, this exact same, always like, hey, whoa, man, you guys you kind of sound like Thin Lizzy. Like, you have a lot of those double harmonies. I'm yeah, like, with your two yeah. guitars. I, I like it how people always come up and like excited, like they're going to inform you about this. You guys have a lot of harmonies. Do you know that? Did you notice that? <laughs> they're double harmonies. And I'm always like, such, I'm such an asshole to people. I'm like, <laughs> No, no, I like single harmonies better. What are you talking about, or whatever? I don't, I don't. It's just, but I mean, sure, I'm being a dick. You know, but it's just when you hear that comment over and over again, you think maybe I shouldn't oh, write yeah. songs that sound like Thin oh, Lizzy, yeah. but, but uh, which we do sound like, you know. But I mean, Thin Lizzy. People come up to me and say all this bullshit about Thin Lizzy. Like, oh man, when Thin Lizzy stepped into the studio, like they came up with the most amazing, groundbreaking riffs, like. They were the most incredible, amazing band that way. I'm like, do you realize that Thin Lizzy came up with all their songs and they wrote the most generic riffs ever? And they were fucking totally fucking junked out of their fucking minds in the studio and showed up with no ideas and make everything up on the spot. And like, they came out with some great stuff, yes. But there's nothing, like, their riffs are not unique or original or anything like that. They're completely. Uh, 70s rock, like very generic, and they just do it really well. But you know, execution and the arrangements. uh, Yeah, Yeah. but it's not really. That's not Thin Lizzy's not really about 
that really. The execution's good. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. The execution yeah. is is really so. It's not like Rangers. so. You can play like a boring riff, and if you and if you play it uh, with pizzazz, with, with chutzpah, yeah, yeah. you play it's it the with, attitude. You play that it with they, some yeah. Okay, it's the it's the the rhythm, the drumming, and the rhythm, and that sort of like uh, um, that sort of shuffle they use, and then his voice. He's totally uh, uh, got this swagger that almost no one else has that's yeah. really unique and cool and great and I, I, I love Thin Lizzy but but I'm not blind to their flaws I mean I hate that when people are like you said something bad about Dio like people used to write things about me saying stuff like that in interviews like how dare you it's like fuck you man like <laughs> I've listened to more Thin Lizzy or Dio than any of these punk asses and yeah there's all sorts of ridiculously like things that are half-assed about all those records. Thin Lizzy has tons of honker songs, tons of boring riffs. Like, someone's trying to tell me, like, kill her without a cause. That's, like, the greatest metal riff ever. I'm like, that riff is so bland. A lot of people use that riff, too. I mean, that's, I know. that's two, minutes to, two minutes to midnight. Yeah, it's up. like, <laughs> if anybody came up with that besides Thin Lizzy and anybody sang over it besides Phil on it, it would be so it lame. It would be lame, yeah. I like that song, but only because the lyrical content and he's just you know, the mood it creates. But that, that riff is the most bland. There's no way Scott Gorham didn't just sit down and go, like, yeah, I don't really have any ideas today, you know, bro. Let's uh, just, just like, oh, man, you got another lid, man. Uh, 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 can you lay something on that? Yeah. Kind of can you, band too. What? Ryan Downey kind of made that band too. Yeah, he kind of so. did. Yeah, I would have. I would have. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The, the shuffle kind of thing is key. You know. It is, and it's all Brian Downey. Yeah. It's all, uh, so Brian anyway, Downey now that we're talking about this, let's play Virtual Eleven. <laughs> now that we're talking Blaise about Thin Lizzy, Bailey, man. All right, you want to play Thin Lizzy? <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. You know, should we should we should we go with what we're going for? Mike, go for it, man. Throw it on there. Okay, you want to do? You want to hear? Yeah. Wanna, yeah. Okay, we're gonna to listen to Virtual Eleven, Virtual oh, Future Real by Iron Maiden. They're probably their best song. I mean, I mean, okay, maybe not their best, but it's right up let's there. Quant- let's quantify. Best, right up there man. with the Trooper <laughs> is Future Real. You know, it's about a great movie, man. It's like the lyrical content is super trippy. You know, like Steve Harris, he writes these trippy lyrics. You know, but also they're really like ballsy and metal at the same time, right? You trippy, know, trippy. He's tripping balls on this one. I mean, it's virtual real. Look at that kid. Look at the kid on the cover, man. He's got like, he's got a virtual, he's got like virtual eyeglass, you know, virtual reality glasses on, right? (laughs) So he's in this future, like surreal world. It's intense, man. VR 11. It's an intense experience. He's looking into the future, but it's not, it's it's real. I mean, he's really there in a sense, but he's not because it's virtual. It's so it's not really real. You know what I mean? It's virtual. It's like, he's he's like gacked to the future, right? He did so much speed. That, he, that he's in the future. That's what this is about, I think. I think Iron Maiden was really gacked when they made this record. Because they were so old and tired, they started doing speed again. You know, that's, I think that's that, you know it gives you a jump start. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. And so, like, you know, they're just like, just like, they're, they're doing so much speed that they're in the future. <laughs> and you just, you jump in, you're gacked to the future. Like, you came up with that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens, man. Like, one time, remember that one time we were, we had all that gack, you know, and I was like, way back, you know, and like 20 years ago, and we had some, some of that crank. We're and on I the just highway. like put a little bit of, you know, we're on the highway. Following that I, white line fever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I put a little on my tongue, and I just vanished. You know what I mean? I just vanished because I went into the future. I was so, I was so, I was speeding so hard. I went into the future, right? And then, like, you know what? Like, 
four hours later, you showed up at the gig, and you know, and then I just appeared again. We were all there during the sound check. I just appeared. You were Somehow like, we were all there. Back to the future, you know. Whoa, it's amazing. Yeah, okay, so heavy future stuff, real. man.
That was uh, Blaze Bailey on Virtual 11 by Iron Maiden with Future Real. Totally gack to the future. And um, The first song there was the Iron that Maiden was, song. Yeah, we, we, I think that's, yeah, I think that we would infer it. The second one was a name that metal song, uh, call in, favorite, or whatever you want to call it. What are we calling it? Um, this, yeah, this uh, is to kind of, you know... Uh, uh, tell us what that tune is tune was because again we have um, we have these compilation CDs that Uncle Jacek from Megadisc Records in Poland, uh, megadisc.pl yeah. I believe is their uh, web address. He made us these um, these CDs when we went over there. Yeah, that's right. And but we actually know what that was. It's not that we don't know what it was. We do. And this know one what that was, was. Uh, on the '80s Metal Volume Two yeah. because. Um, he he made this one. He made this series of CDs for me because Angelo told him that I needed to really kind of brush bone up on up. bone you up need to on bone up on metal. I need you to know bone what the fuck up. You're talking about. Yeah, it. I need to bone up on my eighties. Because you're never in a metal band. I, you're I always playing. You're always playing with Roger. What's his name from the was, English uh, beat or whatever. Um, was, Did you know that, Greg? <laughs> Adrian's past glories on in his resume. He actually. Filled in on bass for the English beat, not the English beat, but the like modern singer, English. The singer or guy from the English beat, Dave Wakeling. Dave, oh, why do I think his name is Roger all the time? I always do. Dave uh, Wakeling, yeah. Know. You know the English beat, the mirror in the bathroom wow. guy. Yeah, he played yeah. with that guy at some reggae jam festival thing or something. Or jam fest yeah, rock. Some weird jam Was fest. That a good like, gig or? like, like. No, they just didn't have a bass player. Two-tone Jackson or whatever the hell. Just a twist of fatty back. I had in the my share back room, in the nineties. I had my share back in the golden nineties. <laughs> I sewed my wild oats with Dave Wakeling from the English Beat. So you got on stage with that guy and fucking whipped it out, like yeah, and played tunes. Whipped it out, and that that sounds fantastic. I'm sure it was really. I mean, awesome. that's that's an, mirror in the bathroom is an intense baseline. I like the beat, man. They're pretty great, you know. I mean, that that at least that one album special beat service is great. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I think it's good. Yeah, I, I like all that stuff. What I was mean, that band he was in in the '80s, like later on in the '80s, that had some, him and some black dude, and oh, he had like weird two tone hair. hair. Yeah, yeah two tone. Yeah. That's um, I say two tone Jackson. That's what I call. <laughs> whatever that guy's name was, you know. That was uh, oh, jeez, I don't know, man. What was that called? He was there. They had a, yeah, it was pretty lame. Their '80s band, but they were like really pop. They had like a couple hits, and they and they, what were they? They were called like. I keep thinking modern English or public yeah. service or something like that. Public, public general service. public or something like that. Or, <laughs> no, it was something like no, it was something like that. Yeah. Oh, maybe maybe it was general public. I think it was. It was a yeah, really okay. awful, I awful think, name. Yeah, I think general public. Well, there was know. all these like sort of underground-y sort of scosh bands that had names like that. Like that. <laughs> no, public service was a band in, in State College in, in really? Central PA that played like public service. Yeah, they played like like scosh sort of. They would open for stuff. social work. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they'd open for uh, for uh, manpower. Or something. <laughs> manpower. That's a good name. For wow. What was the what, what was the what was the scene like in State College? In actually, honestly, I know. Honestly, dude, it sounds kind of ridiculous, <laughs> but it was actually pretty awesome. I'm serious. It was like there was no oh, metal. There oh. was there was no metal bands. There was like a couple like bar cover metal bands called like you know like Slammer and reaper and stuff like that and we used to kind of make fun of them but but the scene was great because there were tons and tons of parties because that penn state campus there you know was was uh, that penn state campus there was was the biggest uh beer consuming college campus in the country in the 80s so there was just parties and parties and kegs oh, really? and kegs oh, oh wow. yeah yeah it was just there was two giant distributors across the street that. from each other 
where you drive through. It was a drive-through beer distributor, two of them right across the street from each other, and there was one on the outskirts of town, so there were three of them. But the two competed with each other. It was like Nittany Beverage and Center Beverage, because Center County is where Penn State is and Nittany Lions, you know. So they were across the street, and there was this giant garage, and you'd pull through and say, like it was like a gas station, like full. So what, what would you guys like? There are a couple kegs of, you know, I was underage, but we, you know, friends of mine, we go, we like a couple kegs of yingling, whatever. And they just put it in your trunk, just like, you know, and you drive out. It was just so many kegs were sold that it was like, so there was tons of parties to play, college frat parties, college parties, and campus gigs. The ones that I probably did the most of that, of that kind of thing was in uh, uh, dining halls and, and rec rooms and, and you know, and uh, ballrooms at, at, on the campus. So all these huge bands, would not huge bands, but all the punk bands, I've told you this before, I'm sure, all the big hardcore bands came through, including Black Flag, uh, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And my band got to, in like 86, got to open for a lot of them because there was no other metalish hardcore. There was usually two hardcore bands in town uh, for most of like high school. Now, and these were usually like on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. No right? way. What? No, they were on Friday night, Saturday night, all of them, yeah. Like, why would some band play in State College on like a Saturday That's night? That's a good question, but it always was. Really? Because no one would, because they weren't huge. I mean, I'm talking about like COC, Agnostic Front, Dr. No. They weren't. Yeah. Because it was a big Penn State campus, was well, tons of students would come out on a weekend. Well, like, like why you fill the room with two hundred people? Well, why wouldn't they play in Pittsburgh on Saturday night? Um, because they'd have to play like a club there. Where I, I actually don't know the answer to you that. Know what I but mean, we c- I think we could. You know why? I'll tell you. Well, why. no, because well, no. Let's think about it. So back in the eighties, actually, that's what college in the rock golden eighties was, right? People would go to shows. At they would. No, they wouldn't. We were supported by a radio station because uh, this guy, Len Jerbeck, yeah. who's in our band, that's the reason we could have those big gigs because he was at the radio station at Penn State. Ah. And he could get money, actually, to, to, to give guarantees for bands like that. And then we'd open for him. It was yeah. fucking awesome. But it was. Oh, there you go. That's why they went there on a Saturday night because they got money. They got paid. Well, yeah, but they got paid in Pittsburgh too. They Maybe paid the not electric as much. banana, and they go. But, but, but uh, I don't really know. But they would be guaranteed a big crowd because we played at the biggest Penn State, and Penn State's big, big campus. Yeah, it's a we played. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a big university. We played. Uh, we'd always play East Halls, where my sister lived. Actually, it was a giant dorm facility, like the hugest dorm facility. It was its own like little city. It was gigantic. They called it the wow. tower. You play the towers in the tower, and we play in the dining hall. One of the one of the dining halls, rec rooms, dining hall. So you couldn't really play during the week. I mean, so you, we played at night, and we had to build the stage and take out all the table. It was it was a big thing. We had to wow. do. Wow. Yeah. So um, I mean, dining hall is huge, you know, and yeah, they yeah, fill yeah. it with people. I mean, it was full of college kids and punks and skinheads from all those Pittsburgh, Philly, all that. It was really, ex- I, I, like I've said this before, probably on the air, I had no idea what I was, how lucky I was. I, I was 16 when I joined Heart of Darkness, and we just, I was just like, oh yeah, this is normal, right? You just get to get up on stage in front of all these people from all over the place opening for these badass, you know, hardcore bands, and that, that's normal, right? That's why I didn't know anything about anything else. So I was playing for these pretty nice-sized crowds in this big uh, rec hall, opening for the bands who I had records of when I was 16. And then, you know, I moved out here when I was 20, and suddenly I was like, what the hell? This sucks. I thought it was going to be like that here. I was like, oh, San Francisco, you know, Bay Area, it's going to be massive, like metal and, you know, play the stone. huge scene. I get out here, and it's like, you know, exactly, you play on a Tuesday night at the 6th Street Rendezvous, and six of your friends show up. I'm like, where is everyone? What is it? I had no idea. I was so nice. I had never seen anything like that because I had been playing in big cities. I was playing at Penn State or Altoona or blah 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 or Harrisburg or wherever. The shows where we go around playing, where it's a one horse town and there's no, you know what I mean? So everybody shows up on Saturday night. Yeah, because there's nothing else to do. You know. 
anyway, uh, the scene was pretty awesome back then as far as that goes because there was tremendous opportunities where, as like in a city, the friends I have who grew up play, like you guys, I guess, or other people who grew up in New York City, say, oh, did you play shows when you were a teenager? Well, not really. Maybe I remember like 18, 19. How was it? Oh, nobody came. And blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that sucks. I got to be in this awesome, you know. Yeah, because most of the man, shows I, I played like, when I was 18, 19 were like backyard parties and well, stuff. Well, no, that yeah, and that was cool though, right? Yeah, well, I mean, we had a great I time. I didn't do much of that. We played a lot of college parties, yeah, and they were always hordes of insane drunk backyard people. Backyard parties yeah, yeah. or very large garages. Dude, you're from Pasadena. That's where the backyard, that's the, cl- that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, backyard parties. Van and, Halen backyard parties. And, and people who had like very large garages, like yeah. not just like a two car garage, but like, like a five car garage. Yeah, huge yeah, yeah. garages, and they would yeah. um, then they would set up a little stage on one end, and they would just pack up as many people, and everybody would wire like any speakers that anybody in town had. Oh, because yeah, there's never any vocals at a house. Yeah, party. so That's anybody, true. any speakers, so everybody would bring whatever speakers and whatever power amps they had, and somehow we would wire up like ten different power amps to like twenty different speakers, and just I don't even know how it was all put together, man. But like this is so much. This is so Pasadena. Every interview I hear about early, early Van Halen before they were big sounds exact. Is there something really? about a Pasadena? Wait, Greg, would you agree that Adrian looks like he's from Pasadena? Like he kind of uh, looks like uh, Eddie no. Van Halen, even with my mask. Looks Valerie Bertinelli. You know, there's there's something there, man. <laughs> even uh, with my mask, I'm thinking a little more like San Diego, like maybe Oceanside or Long Oh, he looks really? more San Diego. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I see early Van Halen pictures or whatever, it just looks like Adrian is like he looks like those guys. Like a, I did live in San Diego a, for amalgam a couple years. of all them together. Or something. I lived in San Diego for a couple years, and I pay, I played in a uh, 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 a frat rock cover band. Were there any girls there? Oh my god, oh. so many! Really? Because oh every, I've god. talked to several people from San Diego <laughs> who say there's more men there. There's like way overabundant. No. They call it Man Diego, and, and I'm not kidding. Like I talked to these guys, uh, a bunch of actually. That's because you're people. talking to a bunch of guys. No, like, and they're like, "There's no girls in San Diego. There's too many guys. It sucks. It's like Man Diego, you know." No, no? dude, San- no, yeah. not when I was there, man. I was playing in a, a frat rock band, playing at the fraternity yeah. parties. And you're getting laid, man. Yeah, but then I get my ass kicked the next day because I yeah because yeah, out no, the you, wrong yeah, girl. yeah yeah you gotta watch that man. Yeah. I never played a frat party. I used yeah. to go to them. Though. I used to get beat up all the time. I used to get my ass kicked for stealing like their industrial uh, kitchen uh, supplies. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know those big bags of tapioca pudding and shit. You know, <laughs> a giant two gallon jug of t- yeah. You know what I mean? They have like an industrial <laughs> kitchen there. We'd run out the back because we had an apartment, you know, with nothing. You know. We'd take garbage bags. Everybody's wasted, and we'd run the frat party, grab all this stuff, and bail. And all this food <laughs> oh lasted us like three really? weeks, man. Yeah. That's hilarious. They never actually caught us. One time they did, and I talked my way out of it. You used to get your ass kicked for banging frat chicks? Yeah, uh, sorority girls. Like, they'd really beat your ass, or they just kind of, like, chase you down and rough you up a little no, bit? No, they'd, like, throw me on the ground and kick me in the ribs and stuff. Oh, dude. Yeah, I had to cover Frat my... boys? Yeah, and I'd have They're to... They're brutal. Those guys dude, are huge. I have to cover my face and I everything. I thought you'd, like, so nail them with a skateboard or something, didn't you? That was what, that, yeah, after that, yeah. Th- that was one time where... <laughs> they take this little you, guy and... Yeah. Say, oh, that's fucked up. They man. kicked the shit out of me, man. Kicked the shit out of the shit out yeah. little Mexican guy who fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it, was yeah, re- yeah. it was great, man. I loved it. Oh, you liked it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well... <laughs> no, but then, like... Then I talked to the girl the next day and she'd be like, you know, that... You know, that Jacob is oh, such awesome. an asshole. Oh, it's awesome. And fuck you again. And yeah. I'm like, you know that guy? <laughs> yeah, he's my boyfriend. Yeah, why not <laughs> kick your ass? Why would they kick your ass? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, I why else know. were they kicking your ass? I, I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, I didn't know why. Greg, what? Why well, was the scene where you grew up? Someone's kicking your ass. And you don't Utah, ask questions. I mean, Idaho, hey, why are you kicking my ass? 
Why are you beating me up, man? Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you tell me why this? Is, what? Like, yeah, do you have something yeah. against me? No, I mean, like, everything against Iowa me. Was, was pretty great. Iowa City was good. You're from Idaho, right? Yeah. Iowa. Yeah. No, wait, wait. not 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 Idaho. That's where I went to college in Iowa City. Okay. okay. Iowa. Iowa City. Wait, uh, I'm sorry. Where did you go to high school? Though? I always forget. Uh, in the sticks of Illinois. In Illinois, Illinois. that's right. And then you went back to Chicago. Southern okay, Illinois. Right. Yeah, suburbs Illinois for high school, but I was born in Akron, so I was. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, what was that? What was the high school? So, what was the scene like when you were in high school? Uh, n- nothing. So there was nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's v- VFW halls for like punk rock, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't anything. Well, wait, really. you weren't in the high school in the '80s, were you? Uh, early '90s. Yeah. Well, no wonder, man. Yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, not to be like Nirvana. a wang, but the the night, yeah, the dot. I mean, I don't know. I was in high school in the mid '80s, early to mid '80s. Yeah, same here. '83 to '80s, '80. Three to eighty-seven, and that was when the shit was going down, at least yeah. on the East Coast. Oh, everywhere. But I mean, in the nineties, I mean, there's probably something. But it, you know, I thought everybody was in the band in the nineties. Wasn't that when like Guitar Center started having Christmas specials or something? Sweetwater. So wait, there was no scene there. <laughs> okay, so wait, what? what? In, in Iowa, there was all right scene. There was like a couple good clubs. When you were in college. Yeah, college. Yeah. Were, were you my playing college, in bands my, in college? My college band was called Armed Robbery. <laughs> what kind really? of music was it? What was it? What was it like? It was a hybrid of like punk rock and metal. I play guitar. A crossover. Well, you played guitar. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, yeah. We had uh, the, the the biggest gig we opened for, which was just terrible. We opened for Hate Breed. Oh, wow, that's awesome, dude! <laughs> Wait, they were pretty big, right? Yeah, they were huge. And dude, the, the whole crowd just hated it, man. Like we got. Completely moved off stage. Well, that was like when we opened for the sword, like for those. Well, well no, but can you imagine, like, you know, with Hate Breed, that was like your total introduction of like kind of homie boy bro metal. And I, Hate oh, Breed right. yeah, Super I, bro I, metal. I forgot about that, yeah. but I, rem- I forgot what kind of music it was. Like, suddenly you see all these dudes in like, like collared shirts and like white keds with shorts, like, white kids? around. White yeah. kids with, kids? with, uh, you mean like the sneakers? Yeah. With tribal yeah. tattoos, like kids sneakers. With tribal tattoos on their arm. Yeah, it's like I was like 19 years old, and you're watching this, and you're like, "This is unbelievably bad." And that dominated music for years afterwards. It, it dominated it metal. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so you hated yeah. that kind of music. So did we. Uh, I was a little older when that was happening. Do you have but... any recordings of your your band there? Armed yeah, robbery. Yeah, I, I actually got a bunch of tapes. If you got a tape deck, I'll dude, you have a tape deck. We can do another tape episode. Yeah, I, yeah. I, got, I got plenty of stuff. We did a lot of shows. We probably played together solid for a year, but we probably did like 30 or 40 shows. Was it all originals? Yeah, we did. Man, I can't remember. We might have done a couple covers. I can't remember what they are. But we had so you played a million shows. Like every band you've been in, it seems like Bible. Okay, we, I forgot we talked about this before, but what, 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 uh, how many shows did Bible the Devil, how many have you done in a Bible A thousand Devil? plus. No, what, how many? Uh, you counted them, right? The last count, yeah. So I, I was putting together the gigography. It's taken me about a year and a half. No, I, I love that you at, do that, man. I think we're at about 765 right now. Jesus. I mean, that's a lot. For av- oh, How many years have you been together since uh, 2000 and how Since long? 99. 99. The first show, first show New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve 1999. Okay, and Dude, then this 90s other band. 90s cred. The 90s cred, yeah. The band. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, no, that, and yeah. then your your college band had that you just said the name of, and I armed robbery. robbery. Yeah, had how many shows? In, in a year, we probably did like like forty shows. That's a lot, That's man. That's cool, man. 
So well, did mean, you, you just, were you booking you shows? Every week at, uh, Is that how you got a taste for the for the for the uh, yeah, the wonders a, of being a booking agent? Would, would do quite a bit of the booking. We like would play all kind of weird places too. We'd play like in weird like farm towns and yeah. Actually, I have to ask you now since you don't do it as much as you used to because I yeah. I have asked book. You were a full on booking agent. That's how I met you, right? You were booking for well, Tone Deaf. I mean, you're not. That's not. That can't ever be your only job. I mean, no, no, I don't mean that. I mean, you but were yeah, a full I, on. I did that full on for about six years. You were you were booking tours for all sorts of bands. You were a, you were a real yeah. you were a real booking agent. Okay, even yeah. though you had another job, because uh, I know there's no money in it. But um, how well, the you, how the hell you did you get into that bands. position? That's like you know you travel around and you find the good bands and then you get them on the roster. So it was because you were touring that you figured that out. Well, I mean, that was a big part of it because you just you get to survey the whole country and see what's going on. And, yeah. you know, that's even discovering you guys, you know. Like, no, totally. Yeah, yeah, that is how you now it's now, now it never works like that. Now it's That's how like, we were oh, discovered. Greg Spaulding, Greg Spaulding discovered, discovered us. He saw us in this in this bar in uh, El Rio and was like, hey, you guys. Yeah. You know, I think yeah, you guys, I I think you guys are hot. You guys can uh, go Jarvis, all the way. You guys can go all the way. And, uh, and Troy that we should be booking you guys. And, uh, yeah, well, that's back when they used to call you Sweet Diamond Daryl, right? In those, in those days. That's right. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. What was that his name? I don't know. <laughs> or uh, something yeah, like I that. Mean, yeah. It's it's fun if you if you like, you know, you have to put in a lot of time to it, and you have to talk to. A was lot it of fun? Because the reason I ask is because I always. It was thought fun, that that would be the I most horrible kinda, experience. Ran, like, it, it just ran its course. I being a booking <laughs> agent would be so brutal. I'm like, yeah. why would anybody I mean, want to do that? I was probably sound like booking fun. two to three hundred shows a year. I know. And Jarvis does, thing. Eric Jarvis, who's the, the, the tone deaf CEO, I suppose you call him, which Greg worked with many years. El President. He's still our U.S. booking agent. And he book, how many shows do you think that guy books or did back then a year? Like some insane amount, right? Yeah, well, I mean, back then the touring scene was nuts. We'd probably have 12, 15 bands out at a time, and each one of those tours was two to four weeks long. Yeah, so, so he was booking more than you, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so he I was mean, doing I, like, I he did, was full time. He's a full time booking agent. Yeah. I did a lot of what they held, like the, the third or like really out there markets, like yeah, all the yeah. Albuquerque's, oh, great. Montana's, Utah, you did all like the, yeah, yeah, Las yeah. Cruces, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Places where rock doesn't exist, basically. It kind of does. Well, no, you, so you were doing like Burt's Tiki Lounge and uh, what, whatever yeah, the places Al- we played Albuquerque. there. Albuquerque. Oh, I should find that yeah. interview. Well, I, I should, uh, Albuquerque had, had some stuff going on, but Phoenix um, was always a struggle. What was the other guy's name when you were in it? There was Eric, you, and... Troy. Troy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Troy. Troy. I remember you Troy. Troy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember Troy. Your hand. It was really yeah. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't talked to him in, in years. He still lives in cool. Lawrence, I think. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, Lawrence, 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 Kansas. What was that place called in right. Lawrence, Kansas we used to play? That, place that, that college great. bar play? It was pretty cool with the pinball the machines. Re- re- replay. Replay. The replay. replay. I used to jump up on those pinball yeah. oh, machines. Dude, there was, was no so stage. Afraid. I was yeah, so was afraid fun. you were going to fall through those pinball machines, nah, man. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, that was a fun place. That was a fun place. You played right on the floor, and it was just like, you know, it was just... Whatever. Yeah, it was good, always packed with co- It was a total college. It was a college yeah, town. Yeah, for sure. For I like sure. that town. I like playing there. I met cool people. There was that record store we'd always go to. Yeah, uh, and they had good food. Good there food too. for sure. It's a college yeah. town. It's just like any other college town. It's always they're all. The, I grew up in one. They're the, all the same. The Succotash. 
Really? I remember the Succotash was really good in Kansas. When you, I mean, college towns are, yeah, well, again, I'm a college town guy, uh, so I grew up. You're so a college town guy. No, 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 I, hey. no I, kinda, I feel comfortable <laughs> in those places, and they're all exactly the same. Once you've been in one, you know them all. I don't, I've never, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the one in uh, uh, Eugene, Oregon? Um, oh, Eugene Lord, is terrible. Man. Yeah, well, for, show, for shows, it's always been bad, but yeah. the layout of the yeah. town is exactly like State College. Exactly like yeah. uh, Oberlin. Exactly like we, we gotta play some music here, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, exactly like what's that place that uh, Iggy Pop grew up in? You know, Michigan. Um, <laughs> Ann Arbor. Ypsilanti. Yeah, Ypsilanti. <laughs> yeah. Ypsilanti. I was talking to no, someone about it. Oh, yeah. Those that, those sh- those shows are not bad. Remember Layton? Layton lives here in Chicago yeah. now. Who's Layton? Layton used to book the Elbow Room in Ypsilanti. He moved to Chicago. What? Oh, okay. Hey, by the way, what are we gonna? Hey, Greg, we gotta play some more music here uh, for these for yeah. the for the music fans out there. Okay, what other what other hot tracks do you have here? Let's play uh, Valkyries Running Out. Valkyries Running Out. Now, Valkyrie yeah. is that a band that we know or someone who I can't remember? Yeah, yeah, hey, they're very cool. They're, yeah, who is they're the pride of uh, the pride of Harrisonburg, Virginia? Okay. Is there a chick really singing awesome. or not? No, no, it's dudes. No, no, it's, the it's name. two brothers. Sorry, two brothers. I'm sorry, Valkyrie, I forgot. No, they're like short-haired dudes, and they sound amazing. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I totally remember you them. Popped up on you definitely played uh, one ale horn with them. I think I yeah, was hanging I, out. I bought their CD. in the back of the van. When, yeah, okay. I actually well, good. I, I get to catch up now. Yeah. I actually bought their CD because... Um, they, they didn't know that I was in Slaufeg. Yeah. And then... And they put the record down on the merch table with Tim McGrogan? No, no, no I, I went we by... <laughs> 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 I, I went... That's I went, so awesome <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I went... After their set, you know, the dude was all sweaty selling CDs, and I, I went and bought sweaty. one. He was selling CDs, and he's all sweaty. Yeah, yeah I and I, was, I went and bought one, you know, and then I was like, cool, you know, I got this Valkyrie CD. Because he saw the sign of his power. And then, like, later... Like the sweat on his chest. Later, because they had played earlier on in the night, you know, two or three hours later, after we played... Dude was like, "Oh, I, I would have, you know, I would have just given you the CD if I would have." I'm like, "Dude, whatever, man. It, man. Take my ten bucks. I don't you care." The big one. Yeah, I was like, "You know, I want to give you ten bucks, you know, because that was uh, I thought they were fantastic." Wow, man, that's great. That's a that's a really that's a golden memory. Of, right. That's a malt <laughs> shop memory right there <laughs> of, <laughs> of Valkyrie back in 2007. I right? downloaded malt shop memories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I found <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Our, that's right like, up your alley. It's like an eight CD set, right? Plus up your a bonus alley. CD. Oh, good. Plus the bonus CD of, like, yeah. all ballads. Okay. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you can listen to um, Fabian or whatever. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I doubt he's on that. But. All right, this is uh, Valkyrie. The song is called Running Out.
those are actually some great that's probably one of their most uh awesome riff songs i would well you were saying that's very um that's that's so we slough has derived so much from from those types of thin lizzy songs man not really but okay that part yes that part we've definitely sort of been in, influenced by for and sure. And the Brian Downing thing that he's doing in there, I mean, well, you know. No, wait, what? what? What drummer have we had that, that even likes Brian Downing? I don't know. Greg? No. He didn't even... <laughs> I think Harry? He, he, I think Greg he had no... No, Greg didn't care about Thin Lizzy at all. Really? He likes Slayer. Um, huh. He didn't... No, nah, he never listened to Thin Lizzy. He didn't, I mean, he didn't hate them or anything. He didn't know anything about them. I mean, uh, and then, who came after Greg? Ruben didn't give a shit about Thin Lizzy. Harry was like them, but he wasn't thinking about Brian Downey all the time. He was um, um, I, I Addison more than anyone. Add the Impaler. I mean, I mean John Dust. John Dust. John Dust was into Thin Lizzy. So, Greg, uh, tell us about what you what was that uh, Valhalla? What that? Oh, not Valhalla. Uh, Valkyrie. Is it? Valkyrie. Wasn't that the Valkyrie song. we just heard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, what album? What album was that? <laughs> awesome? You sound like I do in an interview. Like, how Wait, was it when you played we... the gig? It was cool. <laughs> No, you remember playing with them, right? Actually, no. I just didn't. We just go into that. <laughs> I, I, I do. Well, I was like in the back uh, of the van, like you know, fantasizing about like, you know, someone's girlfriend in in the show who was like, you know, Cuban or something probably at the time. You know, back then, <laughs> well, guys came in you, later. You, you and missed found, out. Found all my rags. So, so what album is that Valkyrie song from? That Valkyrie song is on. I think it's Man of Two Visions. Man, Man of, of Two, two Visions. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. <laughs> what label is that on? Do you know? What does that mean? Uh, man? I think that was uh, Relapse, actually. Do you have a catalog number for that? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Man to of make Two sure Visions. That... Man of Two is Visions. Is that like someone who's like equivocating all the time? Like, I can't decide, man. Um, I, I think, you know, man, yeah, of man of two visions that came out the in macro and the micro simultaneously. Right. Yeah. Two, like some came out, it like, came out in 2007 quantum theory and Newtonian physics at once, like just <laughs> subatomic and like fucking telescopes all the same. Like he sees both. He looks at you and he sees quarks <laughs> and like, you know, cause, you know, just solar systems. Like just, it's man of fucking Man of two massive visions. Massive scope of vision. That's wow. pretty wild. Man. That is wild. Yeah. Anyway, so what? What year was that? 2007. Oh, man, that was a golden year. 2007. Oh, year man. In, in so the, many great things anal, happened. The of rock and roll. So many like, great things happened in 2007. Actually, you know what? They did. That was my year, man. That was like, I did everything. I did it all. That was I wanted the, it all, and I did it. Right there. Uh, that was the year that I um, completed my Rick Astley vinyl collection. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now I have that all. That was the year I, I wrote my master's thesis and did an was album. Was that the year? And went on really? two tours. Wow. And, wow. And everything, man. It was hell, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty cool. We did a lot of shit, you know. Put out a record, but I don't remember what it was. No, we didn't put out a record, or did we? Hard World. Like Hard World came out in 2007, yeah. Yeah, Hard World It was, a, good, it was a hard world, man. It was a good... Anyway, so Valkyrie. Man. Oh, yeah, we got we to gotta play a Galactic Nomad off that, actually. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. We'll play Galactic yeah. Nomad. We'll well, play... I'm down for yeah. that, but uh, since... Right now, we're going to play... Yeah, we're oh, talking about Thin Lizzy. Let's talk more about, 
yeah. So what is the inspiration for that? So uh, you know, massacre, like that's a cool riff. It's 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 a it's a great riff for it's a different. You know, they don't do that many like sort of war riffs like that. Now I can't wait till the people like comment on this. Yes, they do. They do this song and that. But uh, but um. Yeah, people traditionally get pissed at me for like criticizing like their favorite bands and stuff, like being critical in any way. And the funny thing is, I'm probably a bigger fan of any of those bands than they are. But anyway, let's not. I already said that. So, uh, so Thin Lizzy. You yeah, know. and then they ask me. They go, "Hey, uh, is Mike is, is, Mike, is yeah. Mike really like that, or is that just an act?" Yeah, yeah. And I'm <laughs> like, "No, he's really like he's that. He's really like that. He's really a prick, man. Yeah." <laughs> He hates well, everything. No, I, mean, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, okay, so you, you got people that are fans, and you got people that are actually <laughs> doing the playing. You're listening to music all the time. You're playing all the time. It's like you're, you're going to have a listener. Yeah, you're going to have much different opinions than people that are just fans in the audience. You know, maybe I know some fans who are pretty critical, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, and um, I, I know some critics who are fans. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know which one is some, maybe one and the same. You know, maybe that's you know maybe that maybe you. Yeah, that's one of the things that you might uh, be. Able I know some guys. You know some guys. Yeah. yeah we're gonna do good reputation, and then we're gonna oh, yeah, good and then reputation we're and then we're gonna do another album called Some Guys, and we're gonna, it's gonna be a guy fi album. It's gonna be based guy fiction. It's yeah. gonna be based on the guy reality. It's gonna know? be based on the Rolling Stones, Some Girls, but we'll be like Some, some guys. guys. Yeah, guys, guys, guys will be our next record. Yeah. <laughs> there we go with that. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. <laughs> At the, at the at the Night Rocker in, uh, uh San Antonio. In San Antonio, yeah. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's pretty much what it's like, right? It's pretty much what a Slough Bible tour is like. Life, it's the guys, man. guys, guys fest. That's life. Yeah. Yeah, a b- bunch of dudes. Bunch of dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually, Alan, our friend who was here last time, yeah. did, sent me some Pandora uh, info on Slough like some statistical oh, information really? on our or the audience that. The demographics. That, oh, really? That, that listen to Slaufeg radio yeah, yeah. on Pandora, you know, that, and it was like, you know, it was some ratio, like, it, or it wasn't even. It was like, uh, it was like, you know, f- this month or whatever, or, or quarter. Because he was has access. He has access to that so kind of so data, huh? Set whatever guys and like three girls or something. Yeah. <laughs> the guys are all between thirty-five and fifty. It's like six thousand guys and, and like three girls. Yeah, something yeah. like that. It's like, it's like going to a rush show, you know. That sounds about right. Our quotient of women had bi- okay, gone up a lot though in metal in general. Like in the last few years, the last few tours, yeah. there's tons of girls at the festivals and the shows. Whereas there used to be none. Like in the in the golden nineties and in the two yeah. thousand, it was all like fat old German guys. Now there's some some girls, man. There's some hoes coming out. You know, this is pretty good. You know. Yeah, the last uh, the last show we did, there was a lot of girls there. Where, where was that? Oh, the, you know, at the Elbow Blender. Room. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, you're the right. The last show we one. did before the onset of COVID nineteen, um, it was a sold out show. Oh, I know that we actually sold out. The yeah, it was a sold out show. There was, was a ton, of, ton sure it wasn't of people. Sold out because of COVID. There were like only twenty people. No, it was no. sold out because no, of no, blind it was a, illusion. It was a couple hundred. Because of blind illusion. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I didn't think it was us, but. No, I think we did pretty well because there were kids coming out of the suburbs. Our last couple local shows, we didn't do a lot. We did yeah, the one we, in the summer. We did pretty well, but the whole we intro, very often, the whole we intro thing where we, you guys were trying yeah, we to get your tuning really. together. Oh, we sucked. Yeah. Oh, God. We, of course, we sell out a show and it sucks. That's the way it is. We, we, dude, we sold out a show, Greg. And we blew fucking and shit. And we spent the first 
like what? 10 minutes. Where on, was this at? Is this in San in, Francisco in or Oakland? Oakland, or, or yeah. Oakland. With the first 10 minutes of the show was, fucking up our was, was Mike and Angelo trying to tune their guitars on stage. <laughs> Because they were uh, the tuning song, yeah, that's played a good one. in like six months or more. Yeah. yeah, and they were they were both badly out of tune, and blaming each other for being out of tune. Right. I think it was actually. Was that, I will admit it was my fault. Worse than when you guys were doing the blues jam. In no, Memphis that was awesome, man, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was cool. sang uh, except for Harry. <laughs> Oh man, that was no that was so brutal. The blues jam in Oklahoma <laughs> that was, City. That was like a that was like a twenty minute version. <laughs> that was horrible. And everyone sang yeah, except yeah, for Harry. Yeah, you sang a verse. I sang yeah, a verse. I did a verse. Sang a verse. Oh, did verse. Now, doesn't Darren have your bass player have that on video? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Because like it's not on YouTube. I think it should be. Because it was. <laughs> oh, that would get more hits than anything. <laughs> It'd be this like extended blues jam with three different guys singing. And next thing you know, we'd be a blues band. Oh yeah, we'd be on. Uh, we'd be opening for like. Uh, um, uh, like Joe Bonamassa. Traveler. Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd be opening for Joe Bonamassa because yeah, yeah, yeah. we have like this one shitty blues jam we did. That would be good. Yeah. So so like we'd be playing on like KQED like totally. gold, Malt Shop Memories, the yeah, Golden yeah, yeah. Oldies thing. Yeah. So are we gonna have a session where we are we gonna have a, a show next year where we do all Malt Shop Memories and talk next about like season? Pat Boone? You should totally do Texas Flood. What the hell is that? I have that record. By who? Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh God, I hate that. Oh. Really? Yeah, let's get Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Remember that time we played in Austin with you guys and Kenny Wayne Shepherd oh, yeah. opened for us or whatever? You remember that? That was, that was like awful. These, this band that was about to get really huge, but they never did or something. You know, one of those bands that like, oh, I do remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they first or something or second. Like, right? And it was like three blonde kids who looked like Kenny Wayne Shepherd and were all like doing this, this like total hot blues shit or whatever. And they were like, was it blues or was it like, what was it? It was like like a hybrid blues, like Almond Brothers kind of thing. Yeah, it was an Almond Brothers kind of thing. And they were all. They're all shivering and shaking or whatever the hell. They were singing all these lyrics about. Yeah, we don't play enough know, Almond like, Brothers on this show. Oh, no. I don't. Well, I only like a few songs. I like the concept. I like the idea of the Almond Brothers, but. And I like Wick Dicky Betts. That's all I really like. I have I have all, all of that. I stuff. guess I like I have so much Allman. of that stuff. Greg Allman doesn't really do me. I think he's you know, too salty. Oh, you earth. know what we he's should play? It? We should play the, the Greg Allman and Cher album they did. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> yeah you, know, no, you, know, you know what that? No, it's uh, it's called All Man and Woe Man. It is? Yeah, that's the name of their album. Oh, Greg Allman and Cher after oh, they got married. Oh, it's God, All Man that, and Woe Man. Cher has a brutal ass like like resume of guys like Gene Simmons and Greg Allman and who right? else? Like it's like I want to go out with the most hideous men in rock and roll. Like, well, at know, the time, yeah, I mean, in the mid seventies, yeah. in the mid seventies, Greg Allman was the hottest yeah, he was. He guy was hot, in yeah, rock, yeah. man. He Gene was Simmons. I'm not sure. Yeah, Gene Simmons. I don't know, man. That was a bad decision. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Talk about goddamn. Like she was. Oh my god. Anyway. Uh, anyway, Thin Lizzy. Oh yeah, so Thin Lizzy. Yeah, that band that, that everyone likes now and no one gave a shit about when yeah, the, the right? guy was alive. People talk to me about that too. Like young kids, they're all like. Oh, so you were growing up when like Thin Lizzy was actually together? I'm like, yeah, but no one even knew who they were, and nobody those cared. who did didn't care. Yeah, nobody because cared. Because all they ever heard on AM radio, no, when I, in the 70s, was, when I was a uh, kid, uh, the boys are back. Boys are back. Yeah, I've said this before, probably on this show. Yeah, I knew about Thin Lizzy the whole way through the 80s. Everything people were like Thin Lizzy, I'd be like, and they wouldn't. You get you heard their name like once every five years. Like they were never on MTV. They're never anything. You just 
heard this weird, and everyone thought because of their name they were a glam band from the 70s, which they kind of were at one point, but not really. I and guess. They always were like, everyone I knew. They didn't wear makeup, though. True. Including me was like, was like, oh, Thin Lizzy. Isn't that the band that does Boys Are Back in Town? Yeah, that sucks. That song sucks. You heard that song, and that was it. And then eventually I heard Jailbreak, the song, and I thought, eh, it's all right, but it's really bland. Like, just, it's not the kind of band where you can hear like the one song or the hit and think right. it's great. You have to hear all their songs. You got to hear like albums. A, once I heard Black Rose, then I was like, holy shit. I heard the whole album. I was like, wait, these guys are great. Like, what the hell? They? But it wasn't until the 90s because no one, I didn't know anybody who owned a Thin Lizzy album in the 80s. Anything. Wow. No one cared about them. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't, they weren't a big band in the 70s. In Europe, they were bigger, but they still weren't like huge. They I feel like in the 70s, they were huge. In the 80s, they were not. They were huge. Maybe yeah, I mean, Ireland, the, the, not the states America. they played. They played like the states. They played car shows. They played a couple shows, and then he got hepatitis, and they blew the big tour. Oh, everyone knows this. They they had the big tour with Rainbow, which was not a giant. They toured with Rush too. They toured with Rush. But they, Did they really okay. They were gonna yeah. But they were gonna what do their big that? tour. They toured with Rush, like maybe the Hemisphere Tour, like seventy seven, maybe. Wow, I'm a big okay, I'm yeah. a big Rush fan. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. Yeah, but they th they were going to do their biggest tour in '76. Meaning after when Jailbreak came out, they had this this album that had a hit in America, it had a hit, and then he got hepatitis and had to go home immediately. They didn't play one show on that tour, and then they were going to go out later on that either that year or the next year. And Brian Robertson got his hand chopped up in a you know in that in that pub or whatever, and then he can go out on tour again. So they just they they missed their Hiatus. chance completely and totally. They just blew like a whole. To collectively a whole year at their height and so it was like that was pretty much it they were you know they weren't huge in in america by any stretch of the imagination in the seven ever not from my now, memory yeah no way in the 70s no one knew you'd yeah. ask your average rocker like hey have you heard of thin lizzie they go no oh boys are yeah i don't i don't know i just one song yeah and now and like it wasn't even like now one like hit. all the all the chicks in in la on melrose oh god they're are all wearing thin like oh yeah like yeah. tight fitting thin lizzy shirts and you know what rightfully so i mean i'm glad they got their their day in the sun <laughs> because and they're, they and they're would, buying they the shirts great. from harry and they were great <laughs> and they should be they should be considered like the quintessential 70s rock band as they are now but it's just they should they totally deserve it but except for the fact that Phil was such a fuckboy that he, he should have gotten his shit together and gone on tour. That was lame. He was totally lame that he did that. But uh, I mean, they did a lot of tours, though. They did, but they're not during the time when they could have. Not in America when they could have really. Not America, really. They did a few, but not, you know. And they, they you screwed seen up. the new documentary coming out? I've yeah, I guess there is. Yeah. It, What's yeah, it? I don't know. I've been trying to figure out if we're to watch it. I, I don't know if it's been released yet or what. I don't know. Yeah. Can you, can you send me the link? Good. Send me the link. I just been reading about it. I thought it. I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where you got to like subscribe to something to get it or or what. I don't know. Well, since we're on this whole Thin Lizzy thing, yeah, let's, do a, let's do a let's do a dose of some yeah, slap bag covering Thin Lizzy. Let's make me cringe by listening to me. Yeah, this is uh, sing sha la la. This is we did the um, we're gonna play the whole we did um, right, both yeah. sides of the seven inch here. We're gonna do what we, year was this oh, that we God. did sha la la. I don't know. There's no live. That was pretty good. Was yeah, that was released. Whoever put but this out. That was released in crazy. April, April 2006. Let me see. I actually have the seven inch. As as uh, Angelo's first recording. Wait, what? Oh, you, it you was. You know this better than we do. Oh yeah, it does say 2006. Yeah, so it was Greg was still playing. Yeah, because Angelo was Angelo was Angelo was super pissed about how bad. Oh yeah, where we got cut out in that one part because we had to do this solo. 
I don't remember. We were in the studio. Oh, shit. We have to cut Angela's guitar out because you can't hear the so-and-so. I don't remember. And then he totally heard it. I was like, what the hell? You can't I don't remember that at all. It does say that it was engineered um, by me. Oh. Yeah. But of course. Oh, it was I, Jesus. I engineered it and mixed it. No wonder it sounds like that. Oh, man. Yeah, Sorry, it, was one of your early, it was one of your early efforts there. Yeah. This was on when we had the cassette thing. Yeah, well, we did. We did this on a. We did this on a uh, eight-track cassette. Yeah. Uh, Tascam, uh, I believe it was a. Let's hear the serial number, Adrian. Two thirty-eight. Is there? Is there a two? Th- is there a serial number on this? No, no, on the, no, no. On the on the Tascam eight-track that we made it on. Oh, I don't. I don't. I think maybe someone have will find it on eBay anymore. and like sell it for ten bucks because we did Sha La La. I don't like even have any. Oh, and you know the dude who um, who actually um, the guy who helped me get from the cassette. To the CD to yeah. send the mastering. These guys, he's dead. Whoa, man! Yeah, that's, ooh, that's, yeah. That's my right there, my old buddy John Dolph from the uh, what? Who? From the um, from the old practice space on Cesar Chavez yeah. on Third Street. He? Uh, he was just this totally normal looking guy. He had like big glasses, and he he, he drove the truck that was like painted in 49ers colors. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he was uh, probably hanging out with Craig and those guys down there doing. God knows yeah, what. Yeah, yeah, he was like, he was kind of an Im- kind of sketch. They all, yeah, were. he was kind. Yeah, were. everybody was. We were. Jeez, we were not. No, <laughs> we were living down there, like you know, like totally biting the, biting the asphalt. Like I like have a, a, I have a video a, of that place. Yeah. That, uh, before we, before we moved out, I walked through the whole building and took a video, yeah, there was some so that I could see all because I wanted to remember all the graffiti. Yeah. And the bathrooms. Oh, that oh, was man. so street, man. That was the street date right there. That place was. Hey, what was the street date of this this recording, man? Two thousand six. That's not a okay. Let's put it on. Play it. Okay. This <laughs> is a Slavic doing sha la la. And then Bible the Devil doing Galactic Violator. Black magic woman, you've got a hold. Come on, baby, lose control. I want your body, not your soul. Come on, mama, take my jelly roll.
Hey, that is just a testament to how huge of a Bible of the Devil fan I am. Yet my Bible of the Devil records scratch. They're very used. They're all very used. They're on the turntable constantly, not only at home, but wherever I go, wherever a DJ In the car, the on the road, at the bar. Yeah. And, uh, very user friendly. Well, I just, hey, I listen to my records, man. You know? You listen to your Bible of the Devil records so much that they're, the, yeah, that they're, they're, they're worn. They're wasted. The grooves are deep. That are deep. The grooves really was a deep cut. That was a deep groove. All right, so now that since we didn't get to hear enough of it, uh, Tell us about this galactic violator. What does that mean? Like, that sounds kind of kind of risque. Well, if there's any big meaning behind it, really. That sounds sounds cool to say. Really? Because, you know, we did a song about, you know. Come on, man. We did Give a us song more. about having a sex with a robot, with a robot prostitute, you know. That's where you guys should play Galactic Nomad right after this. Maybe we should. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're Galactic. Yeah, but we, I mean, you know, we did a song about uh, uh, Starport Blues, about you know, being hard. I love, up I love that song. Yeah, Starport Starship, Blues. Rules. You know, and like out in the middle of the, out there in the galaxy, and you know, there's these, these robotic. I prefer that uh, Frankfurt Han Blues. I prefer uh, Starport yeah, I Blues. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's. I it, it's it's a good song, but. Um, Frankfurt Han Airport Blues is better live, I think, you know, but, but, uh, and so I figured Galactic Violator, you're just doing, you're just getting really, like, you're getting fully violated, raped by a robot or, or by a, by Galactus. Completely Marvel violated. Comics, like gigantic shit just coming at you, you know. So that's it. That's all you got to say about Gal Galactic Violator. <laughs> it, it rocks pretty good. That's what I, I got to say about it. Yeah, I think it does. So it's fun to play. Okay, so all songs uh, got to be fun to play. So once again, we're coming to the uh, end of the season, end of the uh, end of the year, end yeah. of the end of the road. That's why I'm eating a corned beef sandwich right now. But you brought it. You brought a corned beef sandwich. Corned beef sandwich is like an end of the season kind of a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't people eat corned beef on New Year's traditionally? Is that a thing? No, that's on St. Patrick's Day. On St. Patrick's Day. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's so far off, Mike. <laughs> well, oh, no. What do you eat on New Year's? Like smelts or something like that? Tamales. Tamales? Oh, yeah. Maybe in Pasadena. Yeah. <laughs> tamales? Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we Is all that a San Francisco tamales, thing? Yeah. yeah. That's a, 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 a Latinx thing. What was Latinx? Were there, were there traditions in your family for New Year's Eve? There were for mine, but we ate weird stuff like... Yeah, tamales. Types of soup and well, Italians, you know, Italians do weird. Oh, you guys things. had that wedding soup on uh, on uh, Nears? Wedding soup. Yeah, the Italian wedding. Oh, soup. like rice soup. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Rice, yeah. And, like yellowy soup with yeah, rice. Yeah. It's like yeah, le yeah. Lemon rice soup. Yeah, it's like a wedding yeah, soup. That is. Yeah. 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 But you have it on Nears. That's yeah, what we did. Totally. And smelts. You know what they are? Um, smells like they're like sardines or anchovies. They're like fried yeah. little mackerel things. Yeah. Those are. Did you? Is that normal to eat those on New Year's Eve? I don't know if that's. I think a, that's an fitting. Italian thing or something. I don't know what. We used to eat them on New Year's Eve with that soup. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we got a couple more things we're gonna do tonight uh, with Mr. Spalding, and uh, one of the things that we're gonna do here is, um, since it is uh, 2020, and uh, really, you know, 
Slothag didn't really release much in 2020, but we did make it onto, by some happenstance um, turn of events, there was this compilation album that came out. You know, the, the people who put this out at this, uh, this record label here in San Francisco, they uh, were kind enough to Boy, include... You sound like the guy. They were kind enough to include uh, Slaufeg on a, on a couple of tracks. You sound like the guy who gets busted in the Three's Company episode. <laughs> no, no! Mr. Burley, don't look in the closet. There's nothing in there. You know? There's nothing in the closet, <laughs> Mr. Burley. <laughs> There's a big cigarette here, pal. So, um, so yeah, so the, um, the people at, at this label were, um, were kind enough to include us on a couple of tracks in their uh, comp their COVID uh, compilation. What song? Um, hot new, hot new, new stuff. Um, did one, a Saint Vitus cover. We did a Saint Vitus cover, and we included one new original song. Uh, we're gonna oh, play okay. the yeah. We're gonna play the Saint Saint Vitus cover right now. And you can look uh, behind you because we were having this discussion last time about whether you can lurk behind a cactus or something like that. There was all these Hessian stickers. Oh, lurking. Hesh Hessian, uh, lurking and stalking. Everywhere I look in this room, there are, there are Hessian, uh, Hessian um, patches like that, right? We're we're full yeah. of Hessian Hessian. Um, Super fans. Yeah, we're, we're yeah we're, we're, we, are. we are. I still listen to that record every day. It's a good record. Oh, uh, this is our uh, this is our cover. The song of for us is about lurking behind a cactus, right? This is called Lurk Behind You. Lurk Behind You, yeah. <laughs>
notice we're playing lots of Slaufig on the. Are we on? Is this thing on? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I I think it's on. We're playing. We're supposed to be playing oh. Bible the Devil and some and, and to make. I think that was the only. The that was the only Slaufig song we played. I think that was the only Slaufig song we played. No, we just played. What? Wait. Oh, you mean like that? We played two covers by us, but then yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, so well the Sha La La, which is embarrassing because. I, I remember when we did that way back when I was like, oh, I shouldn't sh- try to sound like Phil Lynott because it's going to sound cheesy if I do. And then I tried to do it another way and I sounded like James Hetfield, which is even worse. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, I guess I'll just. Yeah, I was And I was like, oh, no, this sounds like uh, Metallica doing whiskey in the jar, which is just totally oh, hideous. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so I just, I'll just try to sound like Phil and fail, whatever. And it's kind of hard for me to hear it, but. Listen to it, but but uh, that's no, interesting to listen to because that was um, that was just a totally different version of the band in a different room with different equipment. Actually, it was the three of us and a different drummer, but yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. but the drummer is makes the band. Drummer I mean, that's makes the band, it makes the feel of the Clothes band. Clothes make the man, you know what they say, and uh, God knows you know that's true, man. Ow. So, so just like I haven't listened to that in a long time. Neither have I, for for good reason. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but look behind you is pretty cool. Yeah, look behind. I mean, that just shows the 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 uh, sonic um, wavelength that we the have sonic grown wavelength? in the past to whatever so it ten years. Like a single sonic sound out there in the cosmos. You know what I mean? The sibilants. Sonic Speaking sibilance. of vacuous tautologies, <laughs> of old Bob Halford, out in the cosmos there was a single sonic sound. Pretty good. So, Greg, are there, uh, there what are other things? golden hits? Yeah, what other what uh, golden oldies do we want? Classics? Play? Do you want to uh, throw out? Do you have any new bomb Turks in your collection? Uh, no, I do not have any uh, new bomb Turks. Really? Damn. Yeah. Man. How about like uh, any uh, Marillion in there? Yeah. No. Any Gary U.S. Lewis in the news? Gary U.S. Bonds, like <laughs> no agnostic fronts. <laughs> agnostic, yeah. I listened to Agnostic Front today. I listened to um, uh, just randomly. I opened up my record collection just randomly, really, and I found that Cause for Alarm album that came out in '86. Not that crazy about it, actually. Never liked that album that much. Uh, you know, but I played a, with them on that tour. They were incredible. They, they were. were really I think they were such a better band live than they were on. They record. were. Oh my God, you were know? they? That's the first yeah. thing I noticed when I was sixteen. I because I, I had that record and I was like, this record. They're trying to do metal and I'm not really feeling it. And then they came played. You know, we opened for them and I was like, holy shit, were they good? I had one cassette of Agnostic Front. I don't know which yeah. one it was. And then uh, they were opening for. I don't remember who they were opening. They were opening for like I don't know the Dickies or something, yeah. and uh, everybody opened for the Dickies yeah, back. Everyone, in the everyone day. opened for the Dickies. Yeah, God knows I did like I was ten, fifteen times. Yeah. Oh man, all, oh, over yeah, the all place. the time. Yeah. Uh, all, all the big bands always opening for the Dickies. Th- all the big yeah, bands that that now are like oh no sorry huge, that was the Dictators. They all opened East for the Coast. Dickies. Oh, the Dictators fifteen times. Yeah, yeah East Coast. Just East Coast. kidding. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they opened for the, and and they were amazing live. And then I saw them again at like some. Uh, there, uh, there's a legendary bar in downtown LA that is now gone. A place called Al's Bar. Oh, Al's bar. I knew you were yeah. Say Al's bar. Yeah, Al's Bar. I, I saw Agnostic Front that. there. Yeah, we're at Al's Bar. At Al's Bar. I mean, everyone and that, played there. And that was everyone, literally man. a tiny Cheech bar, and Chong, with everyone. a tiny stage, and big bands. Yeah. You know, and um, kind of like the Hope and Anchor. Kind of like. 
<laughs> well, I mean, no, everyone played there. All the punk bands. Yeah, the Hoop and Anchor, yeah. You realize there sure. were some classic gigs at the Hoop and Anchor. Oh, Al's Bar was smaller yeah, no, than know, the Hoop and Anchor. It, it, Much smaller. No, no, no. No, it wasn't. Dude, Al's Bar was. You don't know, want the debasement of Hope and Anchor? No way. It was as big as this room. Where we played at the Hope and Anchor on Halloween 2005? Yeah, I, I was that there. That was as big as this room. I was really tired no, that day. Okay, you don't. You, we were all tired that day. We were sleeping on top of kegs. Yeah, I was very tired. Hey, Greg, this is a great story. You know, you probably heard it a thousand times from us, but that time we played the Hope and Anchor at, down in Camden, not Camden, in uh, um, Islington. Uh, uh, Halloween London, 2005 in London. Uh, the Sound Woman. Yeah. Was this burly woman? She was. Uh, she was tough, man. And she, was she was cool. I remember she liking was cool her as hell. a lot. Too cool as hell. And she was uh, Eric Bell's wife. <laughs> Eric really? Bell and Lizzie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. And then we wow. got to meet Eric oh my Bell. God, I like, remember that. Okay, later. now that you talk about it, I remember. And I was like, Hey, Eric, I met your wife. And he's like, I don't have a wife. Or she was like, He won't marry me. You know, remember that? We were totally, totally exhausted, jet lagged, no sleep at all for like. Well over 24 hours, well, and we were trying to sleep on top, taking turns sleeping on the We got tent. off the plane, and we went straight to the gig. We didn't see We went straight to a pub. Oh, that's, because, that's the worst, man. Well, because we had to meet I've Rich at the gig, our tour manager. <laughs> and we couldn't. Yeah, it was a brutal. Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't. Yeah, and we couldn't. Um, it was no time to get like a room because it was like we would be in there for two, three hours. Yeah. We had like five hours to kill. So when we went into the, down at uh, King's Cross. And we, and we had some with, fish and, and chips, and Rafael, I threw up. Rafael. We saw Rafa. Yeah, Rafa. We saw the guy. Yeah, we from, saw Rafa, yeah. We saw, uh, um, you know, Rafa. Black, uh, black, black but, but, they, yeah. but he was in King. Uh, he was King. in Acid King. And Acid Joey and Rafa were hanging out in the same pub. They were like, hey, what are you doing? And we were like, oh, we're exhausted as hell, but we have this gig in like four or five hours. Yeah. And we can't, you know. So we had to meet Rich and go there. And then remember, we were lined. Now, the Hope and Anchor is a giant upstairs with pinball machines. Right. You know, that's right. what was big. So I was lying on those couches. Trying to sleep, and these kids kept coming up to me, going, asking me about Traveler, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and, and I, I told them something really like, oh, I'm sick of all this shit. I'm so tired, I can't even. <laughs> I don't even and like that like, album. And they were like, the kid, they were in English, really innocent kid. I mean, I was, I mean, it was they were nice people, and I was talking to them. They're sitting on the couch around me as I was lying there trying to sleep, and I was like, well, I have to talk to them. And they're like, the Traveler, this and Traveler that, and I was like. Yeah, I don't know, man. That was our last album at that point. And I was like, I don't understand. Uh, this is really hard to do. Like, because no, I was in that, graduate no, that school. That must have been atavism by that time. Maybe. It, I don't know. I, I was I was in graduate school, and I was I was going to Europe to play five shows in five days and straight back to exams. And I was like, I can't really take this anymore. I'm really fucked up from all this. And and the kid, I remember the the, the English kid was. It was like. Well, I think it would be okay after you made these albums. It would be okay to retire now. It would be, be all right. You can retire, <laughs> right? You can retire. What, what is, he was saying you can retire, retire <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was pretty funny. But but, but uh, And then the hope of that movie, the room you play is in the basement where, like, Susie and the Banshee played and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's as big as this room here. It's tiny. And Eric, Spell, Eric Bell's wife was – there was all this stuff playing while we were trying to sleep on those kegs. There was like this – and it sounded just like – you know, his whiskey in the jar and a bunch of these songs, and but it was a live thing. And it, the guitar playing sounded like Eric Bell, not just the whiskey in the jar. And I said, this sounds like Eric Bell. And she goes, I should know. You know I've been living with him for the last 25 years or whatever. <laughs> and he still won't marry me. And I'm, yeah. And this woman was big and tough and looked like, you know, and Eric Bell's a tiny guy. I was wondering, what the hell? What's I vaguely it, remember work? this now that you He won't marry you because you won't let it. <laughs> he can't escape you like he's, he's trapped in the house, you know. But and then we met him in. in uh, I came down to, to to eat breakfast in uh, Sweden like ten years later or whatever, right? 
or a lot more than that, like 2018 with, with John Dust, you know? Oh, yeah, Sweden yeah, Rock. Yeah. And there were rock star D. Snyder, all those guys were everywhere, you know. And I was walking across, the, I was late for breakfast, and I was walking across with my tray in that giant cafeteria in the hotel. You know, there, there, there was a giant. Right, right. I, and I was I like, remember. I was like seventh grade in my tray. Oh, no, everybody. Instead of like Where seventh grade. Where am I going to sit? Like, Where am I going to oh, sit? Oh, no, Uriah Heaps over there or whoever, you know. Oh, I can't, I, I can't sit with uh, Exodus or whoever. Yeah, like, Carmine oh, Apathy. Carmine Apathy was, well, he was in the, yeah. And then, uh, what's the, and then Lita Ford, you know, all these people. <laughs> it was totally insane. And, of course, we were more of the B, B band. But then Eric Bell was the only guy sitting at a table by himself. And there's a chair. <laughs> Just like in seven, I sat down with Eric Bell. Hey, is, this he, is this he taken? He was like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> it's like, how you doing? I always started eating my eggs or whatever, and I didn't want to bug him. I was like, you know, I met your wife a few years ago. <laughs> Open anchor. Just, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I couldn't get out of that one easy. <laughs> yeah, that was rough, I man. I played right after. I, I, um, I threw up after getting off the plane where? on the subway when we were on the, we were on the tube from oh, yeah, you fucking he, in a tube. You're yeah. The second person I noticed. Yeah, dude, tube. you guys didn't even notice because you guys were all burned out too. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I threw up on in the, the tube on the w- yeah on the way to Hope and Anchor, and then we went and had some fish and chips. Yeah, yeah. and we and I threw that, that up too. Oh man, yeah, oh man, like, yeah, it was now oh, that so was a brutal because we were like totally sleepless and we had to play and like and it was Halloween. No one gives a shit about Halloween, right? We had to play in this in the Hope and Anchor, this famous club, this tiny room, and we were like, my God, how can we do this? We were totally. Like what, thirty hours or something? Yeah, it was brutal. And so there was nothing but a bunch of kegs in a row. So we threw a sleeping bag on top of the kegs. We did throw the sleeping bag before, but took took like okay, I'm gonna get on it for twenty minutes. You lie on top of the <laughs> kegs, and I mean kegs that are standing uh. up. You know, like and, 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 <laughs> like twenty minutes is up. Get off. Go sit in the corner. Oh, it's brutal. I do remember that sleeping just, though. That's that's too. I do real. remember sleeping on the kegs. I didn't fall asleep. You did. You could fall asleep. Anyway. I, I fall asleep on I a just laid there. Bag of rocks. We went over to that place. Is, oh, we stayed at Pat from uh, down in South, uh, you know, Essex or whatever. Oh yeah, Pat and then from, yeah. After that, we it was like an adventure. After the show, so we've been up for like thirty hours. We had to play the show. We had no sleep. I was puking all over the place. And then we had to take like another train, a like cab. two hours or something. Like two hours to Pat's house. Yeah, to get to and the we place. We sleep there for four hours, and Rick's kicks the door. Oh, and get up! It's time for breakfast. You know, get up for breakfast. Oh, we sit man. there for two hours. I, mean, I could have been sleeping. Shitty, shitty. That hurts so us bad. To Dublin, and then we go to goddamn Alan Nethemethemeka's house, and get kicked in by oh, the goddamn guys from God. Old Season trying to blast a record. That was brutal. Was a total, just like psychotic breakdown when we got to uh, Rotterdam. Anyway. Uh, just really, yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> and then, and then, oh, we got to keep it true, and that's when we were parched as a dry. Totally anyway, parched. Like, Greg's our guest here. Let him talk. Tell us something horrible about your band. You know, what was your most? Oh, you have more stories about that than any. Yeah, you guys anybody. got tons of that you guys stuff. Are way more crazy than we've ever been. I know. You know, you put him on the spot. He can't say anything. He's like, uh, you guys, well, you guys, you guys said that uh, you. Old season wouldn't let you go to bed because they're, they're blasting shit. Or something. They were just going, they just eating hash balls, and each one of them had their own bottle of Jameson, and they were just yeah. all excited and playing down among the dead men over and over all night as we tried to sleep in this room for three hours. Yeah, and quiet. It's, <laughs> I think I think Germany is like that too. Like the few times yeah. we played in Germany, like we stayed in this kid's college dorm room after the uh, God, what, what was it? It was in Nuremberg. It was a doom fest. Doom over Nuremberg. Oh, that must have been, oh. really, must have been really exciting and uplifting. Uh, <laughs> Gate to, to Slumber, Reverend Bazaar. You remember Centurion's Ghost? 
Yes. Yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. We played with them once. So the show was actually really good, and it was it was a great time. But we stayed with this kid afterward in college, and I think he just wanted to practice his English on us. Oh so God, you wouldn't again, shut it's up. One of those scenarios where he just kept talking for till like nine in the morning and just blasting music. Well, that's and pretty much what it's like when you stay with people. Night, we were with. Oh yeah. Well, I mean. It was a whole nother level. At that you get time. it because it was like... like 2005, I think. Uh, well, and you remember Andrea from Metal Supremacy? Of course. Of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, yeah she's from Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hoe. So yeah. we were staying with. Yeah, it's a hoe. Yeah, we were staying. She's not a hoe, man. With, like, she's cool. Her boyfriend or something. I don't remember. Had to go. But Herman was. Again, I know. Yeah, was she like, had another boyfriend after. Herman. We know the whole. Yeah, the yeah, whole. Herman. Uh, Herman. From Gates yeah. yeah. of Slumber. No, Herman, Herman. Yeah, but then she was dating a dude from Gates of Slumber. She was, yeah, she was dating Carl. Carl. But, but, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Herman and his brother, yeah, Agent Arts, they're like our thing. best friends, you know. Yeah. Agent yeah. Arts, Herman, Hager, anyway, Helga, but... and, and Hendrick. Yeah, that's true. So what happened? Yeah, yeah it was some, uh... no, it was just the same thing of just like relentless, like, drinking and loud music till like 9 a.m. And then I think Andrea left to go. She didn't sleep all night. She went, left to go pick up her daughter yeah, she from does school that. or something. So If you're hanging out yeah. with Andrea, yeah, you're not sleeping. You're partying. It's awesome. And every moment of it is worth it. No, it's a, which is fine. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. But in we, America, it's not nearly as exciting. Other, other stories. But My favorite America, is that insane exciting. house. Speaking of little girl, little daughters and stuff. Remember we slept in that, that, that insane the most, one of the most brutal, not that anything bad really happened, but one of the most brutal houses we ever slept in. Was that Oh, one? It, in, in Maine. In Port, yeah, Portland, yeah Maine. Portland, Maine. Yeah. It was like the show wasn't very good anyway. And then, and then like, Greg and true. Angelo slept in the van sitting up for like a couple hours. And you and me found some weird room that was like some totally, uh, uh, you know, like, like, trashed little girl's room or something what yeah, yeah it was like a five-year-old's room yeah. yeah like a five-year-old's room with shit everywhere he's like totally he's like, like just go sleep up there and i felt kind of weird about it and he slept on this mattress it was covered with like stuffed animals and like really dirty just like and like i just found this i had to clear this spot on the floor from like diapers or something it was really brutal but you know how i am with my sleep i get that sleeping bag every time we tour it the one that that uh that goes over my head. The mummy bag. Yeah, and I just get in the mummy bag, and whatever happens around me happens, you know? I mean, I, I just put in my earplugs. I don't care if someone's getting disemboweled or fucked the river next to me. You know, I just, <laughs> it just happened. I just shut off and out and, you know, take a take a Ativan or something, you know? But, yeah, and then we woke up. It was like, you know, another, you know, three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, whatever we had to do. We get downstairs, and Nate, God, Nate was still up partying when we went to bed. Really? And then we went to... And then we went down there, and he was up. He slept like an hour, just kind of passed out. And then he would drive all day. It was amazing, man. That guy was Jesus. Out of control, man. Out of control. Anyway, no, I know it's it's amazing. We slept. Yeah, that, was a, that was a that was a dirty ass house. That was pretty brutal. It was pretty scary. Yeah, it was kind of like. Ugh. So it seems like the entirety of 2020 is kind of it wasn't been out of control. As, as it wasn't nearly as scary as 2020 in general. Well, I thought we were gonna play. Uh, so. <laughs> Denied. You know, Greg, I know 2020 has been rough and all that. Um, you know, can you identify some good news in 2020 that you experience? 
Some good news in 2020. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still gainfully employed, and I'm still playing in a band, even if it's in the practice space. So. That's good. That's, that's two things right there. Yeah. Okay. I know more, more than we can. I think um, most of the stuff that we've done in 2020 was um, pretty much this podcast, right? You know, it's been well, a we did uh, that show we just talked about where we where we sold the place out and sucked. February, you know? February 23rd. That was uh, where we no. So we practiced a lot with. Uh, Farley, Farley, the drummer, uh, Farley Gibson Miller, our drummer, and then, and then, um, but we couldn't. So we played one gig with him, and it was, I mean, it was a success after I think like after the tuning issues. No, no, I mean we came out pretty rough because it was our first gig with him, and we hadn't played in six. That's months pretty before. massive. His name is Farley, though. I know it's pretty, yeah, but massive. Uh, it's pretty massive, yeah. And, and then and then we, uh, and then we got into it, you know, maybe. Four or five songs in, and we did. We started. Yeah, things a lot better. really came together. It came together, and then, and but then, unfortunately, COVID hit, and we had to stop rehearsing, and you know, everything had to had to mellow out, and uh, or not mellow out. We started doing this. We're on episode twenty. Yeah, you know, and I mean, what did you do this year? That was you didn't. Do, you were the most quarantined of the three of us, I think. Or, I, was, or, I was pretty much working from home the whole time, yeah. man, mourning the loss of people like Little Richard, That's who right. passed on. Oh, yeah. I had uh, some crazy times this year. Neil Pert. For better or for worse. Neil Pert passed on this year. Yeah. And um, Greg, we'd like to thank you for your uh, presence. Input. Here in Slough oh, Fig Radio it's podcast. And total, uh, total blast. We got to do this again. No, we definitely got to do it again. And, also, and as always, if you'd like to have your um, physical media. Pet spade or neuter? What? Have your yes, oh, have your sorry. please have your pet spade or neuter. Like yeah. suddenly summoning Bar- Bob Barker. If you'd like to have your uh, album or CD or vinyl or whatever cassette, any type of media, um, send it to uh, Lord Weird Slaufeg, PO Box one nine one three zero one, San Francisco, California nine four one one nine in the U.S. of A. Um, we lost a lot of people this year. It's been rough, but. Um, Let's uh, let's not forget Mr. Alex Trebek. That's right. Yeah, Alex Trebek died this year. This is our uh, finale, season finale, season one, episode twenty-one. Right. It's been Lots a of exciting things coming up in twenty twenty-one though. Twenty twenty-one is surely going to bounce back, and well, we're uh, going to still do Slough Egg Radio and have some exciting guests on who we will not reveal to you yet, but. And um, as as one of my uh, one of my good friends, uh, Miss Miss Mo Murphy, she said, the uh, the comeback will be greater than the setback. Yeah, I hope there's a sexual revolution, man, because I'm pretty hard up. You know? That's all. Gentlemen, bonsoir, mesdames et messieurs, et bienvenue à notre célébration annuelle. I'm thrilled to be here this evening to be able to rub elbows with all of these great hockey stars. And also, I must confess, to be able to get a close-up look at those prestigious awards that bring back so many wonderful memories for me. Thank you, Las Vegas. Thanks to the hockey world for all your support as well. So it's a great thrill for me to be here tonight to hand this trophy to the best of the best of this new generation. Thank you, Mr. Bay. 
Thank you. As Jeopardy! fans around the world learn of the heartbreaking death of legendary host Alex Trebek, many are taking to social media to share their favorite moments from the show. After manning the helm for a mind-blowing 37 seasons and 8,200 episodes, Trebek gave us plenty of memories and moments to choose from. But it's one of the last Jeopardy! episodes to air that has us tearing up. Let's go to work. On November 5th, 2020, the iconic game show aired as usual, but the post-game chat is when things got emotional. Winner Burt Thacker, who earned $20,400 to become the newest champion, was asked by Trebek if he had any family members back home cheering him on. You know, here's a true story, man. Uh, I grew up, I learned English because of you. My grandfather, who, who raised me, I'm going to get tears right now. I used to sit on his lap and watch you every day. As the camera panned back to Trebek, he looked almost stunned at the admission, and his impact on his audience, young and old, was evident. So, it's a pretty special moment for me, man. Thank you very much. As many touching moments as Alex Trebek left us with, there are plenty of hilarious moments to remember, too. The Jeopardy! host was known for his dry and witty humor, and in one October 2016 episode, he really brought it out. In the episode, contestant Susan Cole explains her love of nerdcore hip-hop, a genre of music that sprung up at the turn of the millennium thanks to artists like MC Frontalot and MC Chris. It's a style Trebek admits he's never heard of, and he even says it, quote, doesn't sound like fun, but Cole is undeterred. It's uh, people who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners. Trebek, taking it all in, finally responds with a devastating assessment. Losers, in other words. Alex Trebek also knew how to use a joke to support the show's contestants. In 2005, as the show was taping its Tournament of Champions, tensions were reportedly high. Competitors Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter, and Jerome Varid joked that they were all completely pantsless behind their podiums. Trebek was amused by the concept and decided to join in on the fun. As the Tournament of Champions began, Trebek strode out in his usual jacket, tie, dress shirt, and pocket square with just boxers, shoes, and dress socks on. That our three contestants, Ken, Brad, and Jerome, wanted to relieve some of the tension, and they said we must do the program without trousers. Unfortunately for Trebek, the contestants ended up chickening out on their agreement. Trebek demanded the camera reveal all three men wearing pants. Then, ever the good host, he simply strode back off stage while the contestants doubled over with laughter and the audience applauded. Despite how much Trebek enjoyed gently joking with the contestants, he still shared plenty of tender moments with them, too. One of the most heart-wrenching Jeopardy! moments happened during a 2019 Tournament of Champions episode, which was shot after Trebek shared his cancer diagnosis. Normally, during Final Jeopardy!, contestants are hunched over at their podiums, focusing as they write down their answers. However, as the camera panned over contestant Drew Gower, he just grinned at the audience. Trebek called on Gower first, noting his smile. What is, we love you, Alex. That's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, the incorrect answer lost Gower the remainder of his money, but he earned a place in Jeopardy! lore. Soon, the We Love You Alex hashtag started trending on Twitter as fans shared their affection for the beloved host. Gower explained the reasoning behind his answer on Twitter, writing, When Final Jeopardy! came up, I could have tried to puzzle it together, but really just kept thinking about Alex and thought he should know. I'm just very grateful I got the opportunity to say what I know everyone was thinking. Sending all the love. Based on the 